0: We're talking about the big game here, so forgive me if I use big terms. What game are we talking about? The draft. It's the game of games. It's a game within a game. It's a game above the game. Well, at least you can bet on it. We know that much. And we know if you like to win, <laughs> Fez and the rest of the, few of the other pros, the draft has been a, a profit center, you could say. Fez, 14-2. and two with his picks, the last three years, 14 and 2. That's what he's released to his clients. If you're a client, you know. If you're not, well, who do you have to blame for that? But now we're going to give you a chance to jump on board for the draft. Here's the coupon code, DRAFT10. It's all one word, draft one DRAFT10. You get $10 off any NFL draft package, including Fez's, Steven Over, 32 and 8 The last three years. Fez, that looks better than you. Well, not—I don't know. Yeah, more than that, units. it's—
1: It's way better, yeah. I mean, 32.
0: (laughs) But 14 and 2, 32. You could have both of those. Oh, my gosh. That's 46 and 10. That's pretty damn good. I think there's probably some crossover, but not that much, I don't think. All right, it's that simple. Draft is Thursday. Fez, you already got a package up with three picks. Might be more. Draft 10. You go to pregame.com. You click— Buy picks, go to Fez, go to Nova, et cetera. Now, if you want to get a season of football, there's a bunch of specials out. I'm not even going to talk about them, but I'm going to give you a coupon code, DRAFT100. Now, you might think, well, what is that? Draft10 10 is $10. Draft100 100 is $100. And any of these packages that you decide to buy, you would get the draft as part of it. So if you're going to buy a package, why not get the $100 off? And get the draft right now. That's draft 100. Or draft 10 if you just want a draft package. Draft goes Thursday. So, Fez, if you think about it, you've got three picks loaded now. Right? Yes. And there are three two-stars. You've got a three-star coming up. And then you're probably going to have one at least one extra pick. So that will be five or so. That's and what you know, I expect, like, yes. That's what you expect. And, again, you get the $10 off. Now, we just finished the show. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. A lot of talk about the draft. And – You know the old saying, Scott Seidenberg, that you teach a man to fish he eats every day, you buy a man a fish sandwich he eats that day? Yeah. But either way, tartar sauce is the way to go. That's right. As Mr. Burns would say, I think we taught people how to fish more. We gave them some picks, but I think the concepts behind draft betting apply to a few other things, and they're not well discussed. I don't think they are really discussed out there in the media very much, wouldn't you say?
2: That's the pregame difference.
0: Right, the pregame difference. Hmm. Not catchy, but I like the concept. <laughs> AJ, any thoughts? None. AJ's on vacation. Now, are you counting this as vacation? Absolutely today? not. Okay.
1: The <laughs> like, irony is I don't you're, think you're, AJ's you're, taken a vacation since he started I, pregame.
3: I, well, I, I, I think today was it. <laughs> you're about to hear the, like a five-minute segment where it's just me talking about NFL draft prospects when you were late. I wasn't late. You admitted to being late.
0: Have you ever heard? <laughs> have you ever heard of the? You know the Pope, right? I've heard of him. He's. You ever hear? Are oh, you Catholic? No. All right. There's a concept called infallibility. Yes. You know what that means? Yes. It means his way is the way. Exactly. <laughs> On to the show. Whatever happens here, stays here. It's Vegas. NFL Draft. It's a special extravaganza. And we've got one of the great draft betters out there, or at least in a given time, in a given moment in time, it was very important. We'll revisit that. The three year anniversary, Steve Fezzik joins AJ Hoffman, who will be giving us the expert's opinion on the college players, how they played in college. And we got Scott Seidenberg. We're actually going to do about six minutes on hockey and. We're going to see his response to the Aaron Rodgers as a New York guy. I got a strong take on that one. And Mackenzie will join us for a little NBA talk. So a lot of topics. We're going to get into it fast, fast, fast. And we got best bets. Best bets. I got one I love. NBA prop bet for Thursday night. Hmm. Love it. You might want to bet this as I say it. First, though, the draft. And what anniversary am I speaking about? it's 3 years ago in the the high well, I don't know the high point of covid at the time the lockdown was happening when the draft happened in 20 right that would be 2020 yep and there hadn't been any sports since march like 13th or whatever it was so this was what about 6 weeks in now in gambling and in, in the wise guy life you hear which his nut does he got his nut covered now that sounds a little I don't know. How does that sound to you, AJ? Uh, so it's a little uh, ribald.
3: That's a good word yeah. for it. Yeah. Not one I would have thought of, but it's a good word for it. But what it means, Fez, is... You've got expenses each month that you've
1: got to win that amount just to break even to be able to pay all the expenses. Or
0: earn it if you're a mobster. Whatever it is, Is is that's the amount you need to stay even. Yes. Because you got your... You know, or as they said in Donny Brasco, he's got a gumaw, he's got a gumaw for the gumaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and envelope's a
2: little thin this month. <laughs> so Fez hadn't had any
0: bets for, what, six weeks at Since the time? Since March
1: Madness he, got canceled, yeah. It was Rudy Gobert he started the, the dominoes falling, yes, and everything got canceled.
0: So every day the mailman comes walking up, he got another bill, and listen, when you have a mansion, you have a yacht, the bills add up. So, Fez, typically before 2020, how many uh, prop bets would you say you made on, on a given draft year?
1: Uh,
2: three?
0: A couple. Three or four. Yeah. This year... Now, you do you know this story,
2: Scott? No, right. I, but I, I can What's just... your over-under? Oh. I mean, considering he, three is the typical... Well, I do know for a fact that the 2020 NFL Draft was the most bet on NFL Draft ever. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. I do know those numbers. <laughs> I, I would say... It's got to be double digits, so I'd go over under 10.5.
1: Best. Yeah, so 2020, <laughs> I bet like 25. Of
0: yeah. So really, though, you were saying, if I don't make a score here, I got to get a job. Hey, pretty much. And you figure, it, you were almost like the guy that's trying to get even before his settle-up number on Monday Night Football. Yes. I mean, it was directly analogous. I'm going to make a bet that I don't—or a series of bets that I don't love— but if I win, it really helps me. And if I lose, it's pretty much the same. I just have to do that more. I have to get a job and work harder, maybe, because you have a, you know, you're.
1: Gotta, gotta, yeah.
0: But luckily, how did you do?
1: I won like 80% of them. Well, I, I don't have you, the exact I numbers. I think what
0: you had, well, yeah, why? Well, I mean, you're selling a package for drafts. Well, no, what I went to clients, mention?
1: my clients went 3 0, but they, like, on the other plays I gave them, was it was like 17 and 5. Yeah,
0: that's like what I'm again. saying. I remember on the radio show, uh, it it was like a fifteen and two kind of yeah. Thing. So, I believe one day, hopefully not. Fez might go broke over that. Like the fact that he won that the next time, it maybe a lo- like a break even would have been best. Do hmm. you think it gave you a boldness that maybe is un- that could cause you trouble later? I can see why that would be <laughs>
1: the conclusion. But you know, but. but, but What's fascinating about the draft is it opened my eyes to here was an opportunity that was like one of the greatest opportunities ever betting the draft for a couple years, including that year. And maybe that opportunity was there in prior years and I had just ignored it. So that opened up my eyes to it. But you know what? It opened other people's eyes because other people hadn't been handicapping things. So the good times, we talk about this all the time. When you discover something that's very beatable and very profitable in the gambling world, it does not tend to last nearly as long as you'd want it to. And that's really what's happened with the draft. The good times are not there like they were two years ago, RJ,
0: betting the NFL draft. Yeah, I agree. Um, Let's talk about why, right? One, I think, is the books are less inclined to offer ambitious offerings Mm -hmm. because they've they've been getting killed.
3: Yes. I think that's the top reason.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Vegas, for example, Vegas. Do they still have the rule twenty four hours before? They do. All right. So that would be, I guess, then Wednesday at uh, four thirty Pacific or something, right? They. I know they. I think it's six p.m.
1: Okay. That, that, that that's what station shows that they uh, take them off the
0: board and because they don't want to get beat for any late breaking information. Mm-hmm. The online books, uh, paper heads, whatever. They are more. You know, they you take can, bigger risks. You then. can
2: live bet.
0: The NFL draft. Wow. That's kind of, I like that. Yeah. Um, other reasons. I think that people figured out how to win. And, you know, we were at the forefront of this media wise, I think right up there, which was these drafts, these mocks are somewhat knowledgeable up until the last one. And then they become very knowledgeable. and, I think the trick is, and you still don't hear this as much. So I'll give that trick in my opinion. You can tell me what you guys, what you think. If if someone has someone in a spot, so a known guy, let's say Mel Hyper, mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden the Steelers, he has a certain tackle. It's like he's had six drafts before it and he didn't have that tackle there. Now, out of nowhere, the tackle shows up. That's often information. It's one of his contacts told him, if he's there, we're going to take him. And thus, why wouldn't he? He's not the last day going to think, you know who would fit in Pittsburgh? He's thought about this for a year. Mm. <laughs> so I do think when you, not only is it the late mock, but it's when a player is in a position that he hasn't been from that guy. And if he's a known guy that's got contacts, because a lot of these guys don't have contacts. Mm but uh, the big guys do, I think that is gold. What do you think, Faze?
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and think about it. If you really don't know... You don't want to change your mock. You don't want to start. You get out the eraser and change your your previous answer. I mean, if it's 50-50, fifty, you're not changing it.
0: You're only well, changing there's, it. There's two angles on that. The other one could be if you if you have more guys, you can say you were right. Mm, but
1: yeah, it, but it, everyone goes by the last mock, you know. So you there's you, no one policing this stuff, man. Yeah, it's it, I, it is the wild wild west. But but when that guy appears out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and th- 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 so this year, like Will Levis would be the example of here's a guy that everyone's got going like ninth. And all of a sudden, suddenly he's popping up second, fourth. Uh, That's probably really good information.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a slightly different one. That's where there seems to be a consensus where someone said something to somebody and maybe more than one person said it or that one person said it to more than one person. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's another side to this, which is I have a theory that I'm going to try to – in fact, I'm going to commit to applying it next year. Whenever less than or more than three weeks from the draft or two weeks, maybe whenever someone becomes, he, he's the favorite, he's the favorite. I'm going to bet everyone else or everyone else it, it, that, that has good odds still, you know, uh, good odds as a result of the favor. So let's think about young is at a certain point. I mean, what's it been three, four months ago, if not longer, he was considered The number one, the likely number one pick. Stroud was a possible second pick, but it was going to be, this is before the combine. Right. Okay. And the odds were pretty extreme. Um, I think he was, he was certainly minus money, right? Oh, yeah. We got this up here. Uh, Make that a little, there we go. So if we go back to uh, 220 is when it opens, so February, and Bryce Young was minus 130. And then he got up to minus one, is that 90? Yes. Yeah, 190. And then, and that was as of what? It looks like um, March 6th. So at a certain point, it's like, how do we know for sure? We don't even know who's going to be the no- number one pick. I mean, we knew Chicago was the slotted there. How can everyone be, how can he be minus money, right? doesn't make a ton of sense. Now, it looks like it's a good bet now, mm-hmm. but I had uh, you'd love to have Stroud at plus 230 at that point. And Anthony Richardson at 25-1. Uh, to one. Those are good bets, I think. Now, now they're not. But then what happened? Stroud, and because of some horse game that was supposed to happen after high State's pro day, right, that was the thing that really drove the Stroud conversation. That and the belief that uh, Reich liked big-body quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the narrative?
2: Yeah, the coaching staff wanted C.J. Stroud.
3: And it went to C.J. Stroud being, what, minus 285? When the Panthers got the number one pick. All right, now I'm thinking. Okay, I got Stroud in my pocket at 2:30. Let's go. Let's start
1: buy up some other. Guys. Yeah.
3: So I really well the first ch- the first time you get a chance to bet the original favorite at a dog. I think the first time that any viable pick it looks like they're saying, "Boy,
0: the odds are way against it." Yeah. We, this early, we don't know. That's the key point.
1: If this was all, if all this movement was happening seventy-two hours before, I'd like like like, like slam the brakes on this, like, like like fade the steam. But when it's weeks and weeks away, now all of a or sudden, months. or months away, nobody knows yet.
0: Yes, there's something I've heard some serious people say is the reason there's so much change between the end of the season and even two weeks before the draft is the coaches haven't had a chance to look at the tape yet. I mean, when you're playing during the season. In the NFL, you're not looking at a high states tape or whatever. Then, whenever, if you uh, make the playoffs, if you don't, when the season's over, usually Belichick, and again, obviously he's a GM too, or uh, at least de facto GM, he's going to start looking at the tape. And opinions evolve. Uh, And it's not just, people might say, oh, well, wait a minute. If this guy was number five in February, now he's number 20. That means value. I don't know if I agree with that because there's now a lot of new voices entering the conversation. And every, I mean, the San Francisco stuff with Shanahan and his power, every organization has a different structure. The owner sometimes is really involved. But in general, the people having a say the day of the draft, I would say less than maybe half of them or maybe 60% have seen these players Come fe- uh, February first, and the other forty percent of voices are just getting into it. That's just going to be an evolution. Does does that make sense?
2: Yeah, of course. And it also er, things will change around the NFL Combine, mm-hmm. and then you'll get another change. Once these teams have their individual meetings and workouts, because now you're getting more information so from like the team day, not the No, not the pro days. I'm oh. talking about when they invite the player, like when CJ Stroud oh, goes visits. to Carolina yeah. for a visit or Bryce Young goes to Carolina for a visit. That's when you'll start to get more information leaked out of, Oh, what did they think of it? Or, or who else is he meeting with? Like the biggest jump here that happened with Bryce Young happened after he canceled the rest of his team meetings. Because supposedly he was told by Carolina, we are taking you number one. So he cancels the rest of his meetings, and now the media is like, wait a minute, Bryce Young just canceled his meetings? He's clearly going number one, and the market reacts.
0: This, to me, is a good example of, I think, another reason why the market's gotten tougher. It's because this is a fun thing. If you're someone that watches, uh, I don't know, what, what is that, TMZ? And you're gonna say, "Oh, J Lo's with so and so now." I, I I know because they both vacation
2: in Hawaii. It's like this is the same thing. But this, this happens all the time. And AJ, you can talk about this too, like with college coaching rumors, right? Like a private jet took off from Lincoln, Nebraska, oh, tra- it's tracking its everybody's. It's jets. on its way to, to or, or a private jet took off from Norman, Oklahoma. It's on its way to Burbank. That means who's gonna be the next head coach yep. at USC? Hmm. Right? Yeah. But people, lo- I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. It's hard to
0: beat sports. It's not really hard to use your logic if you were if you're connected to all this. Fez, if you had someone that was connected to this and all they were doing all day was looking on Reddit, looking on the different Twitter accounts, if that person was a smart person, they had to know how to interpret the inputs Man, I, I think that it's beatable.
1: Oh, absolutely. The, the problem but is— But you're
0: betting in-game at that point on the uh, <laughs> on NBA. Exactly.
1: Because I've got all these other sports I'm being very successful with, and you know what? It's got a point—Caesars uh, takes $3,000 on MLB prop bets, all right, Ooh. here in town. two to 3000 I go to bet a draft pick, and they're like, you could have a nickel. All right? And at some point— it's, That's not even worth it to Steve Fezzik. Well, it's, it's not. I mean, like, you think about all this work that you're doing for you, and guess what? As soon as the draft ends, okay, you've done a little work. it help you get ahead in the NFL coming well, why forward. Why did
0: you have 20 It doesn't carry over. Because oh, I had time. <laughs> there was nothing else going on. All right. So um, I think this is an example where, just like the WNBA— which is, if your bets are less than 500, this limiting factor of 500 doesn't matter, mm. right? Exactly. So to me, the analogy is, do you go play when you go to the Bellagio Poker? Do you play in Bobby's room against Doyle and, who, you know, whomever is there now? And I haven't been down there for a while. Or do you play 1-2? Well, if you're a good player... You're, you probably aren't going to go to Bobby's room, but you're probably not going to play one two. Why? Because yeah, the competition's not as good, but you're not getting your full bet. So maybe you're playing five ten or, or you know whatever twenty five fifty. Okay, but if your biggest bet you'd want to make is one two limit anyway, well that's the place to play because you're not being constrained by the amount of the bets, in the competition is less. And to me, WNBA, whenever the bookies are scared, you should be greedy. And when the bookies seem greedy, you should be scared. Exactly. The Warren it, Buffett takeoff.
1: And, and just to use a guy as an example, so Paris Johnson gets steam, and I get wind of it, all right? So I play Paris so Johnson.
0: TMZ and Paris Hilton? Yeah, say? so Paris Johnson's oh, going
1: to Johnson. go top nine, it looks like. So you can play under 9.5. I lay minus 115 and minus 135. I like the bets. I'm at the gym, RJ. So I book back home from the gym. I'm going to give it out to my clients. I look it up. It's minus 230. This never happened two years ago. So did it you? Would,
0: did you play it?
1: I got two bets on. Okay. It myself. So you
0: told us about a number we can't get. Exactly. So now you just got penalized. You had to. What, that's a twenty dollars fee. Remember. Well, I think but yeah. I, I, I'm going to ask. I'm going to. I'm going to appeal this <laughs> because I think it's it, it's
1: illustrated that two years ago, mm-hmm. when I got home, it would be minus one fifty. My number wouldn't be there, it but like that number general, would still you,
0: be there. It seems like you are slow to the fire these days. Well, I'm I'm because doing all these other sports successfully, but yeah. But what I'm saying is, I'm not saying on the draft, I'm saying in general, you're like, like when I liked, and again, we've got, got gotten what we needed, but uh, almost. Seattle. Yeah, but on Seattle, you're like, yeah, let's look at that in a couple of weeks. And it's like, I'm a believer that the more serious people are involved in betting, the quicker these good bets are going to be gobbled up. I mean, would you say you're seeing that in not just in the draft but in general? Yeah, but I don't think it should. Bl- I I don't think I should catch the blame necessarily as no. much as the
1: market has shifted in that it was the wild, wild west with the legalization that they were. What would happen is that even two years ago or one year ago, mm-hmm. you bet Seattle. Yeah, you can bet whatever you want, and we don't even move the line. We'll let Scott bet it. And we'll let 18 people in New Hampshire bet it and 12 people in Tennessee bet it, and then it's still five to one. And now. These East Coast operators have stopped saying So
0: when you say East Coast operators, we're talking about DraftKings, FanDuel, okay. et
1: cetera. They used to feel like that their numbers were impeccable. Like they really they were they're were like, remember CDT used to, we had Midas. Midas is our computer that, well, that tells us the right number. Algorithm, right? Yeah. So so I really think think that DraftKings and FanDuel felt they had their own Midas and they really trusted their models forever. Now, that's it, and they take so, a whole bunch of bets without moving.
0: So what you're saying is you believe that the action was just as lopsided back then, but they were resistant to moving the line because they were so sure of their line. Yes. But like Johnny Avello is the head guy at Giraffe Draft King. Kings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Johnny Avello has b- booked in Vegas for thirty or twenty-five years before that, so like he he understood that you got to move on big. I,
1: so Johnny Avello, very respected, and if, if if it was up to him and he was the one booking it, he would be moving. That's what he's been trained and has done well for twenty
0: years. But I, I think the story is it's a it's a big, big multiple billion dollar company, and there's a lot of decision makers. They they got protocols. Who knows how they're making these decisions? Yes, it could be algorithm. But what what you're saying is. What, what you're seeing in the market is they were resistant to moving and now they're not. That's right. Okay. But what did you say in general, the competition for the good numbers, the competition for the good bets is up as the has increases, the liquidity in sports betting has increased. Yes. And in fact,
1: I have seen the competition in Vegas decrease. The Sharps in Vegas have gone down because a whole bunch of them have moved to Colorado, have moved to New Jersey, have moved to the East Coast and these other states where the pastures were so green for a period of time, especially in player props and so much extra product in these other
0: states. But I thought you said that the DraftKings kings of the world and the Fan Duels are kicking out wise guys left and right. The last six months, just it's a recent phenomenon. So now they have to move back. <laughs> or get I a hope, job I hope they're, re- I hope they're <laughs> renting alright we heard the dream preview we're talking about the draft ok I'm a believer and I think this is maybe the only time but if, I don't care about price when something gets steamed in a way that feels like it's uh, the event because so, like remember, it's known. like it's known uh, again things can always change Right, But there's a story about the Bears GM back when it was the Brett Favre. Oh, no, the Joe Montana draft. Somehow he left and his kid said something. His daughter wanted him to draft Montana or didn't and it affected his decision. And then history was changed. I don't know. I should get that story straight. But but even if you think something's going to happen, it's not a sure thing. But if it's intended, that's a pretty damn good bet. Because let's be honest— What's the – unless a game is fixed, what's the best you can have? You can think, okay, this line – so yesterday, Fez, when I – Mackenzie and I were doing some work, and I said – you know, I looked at that line on the clip. Um, I guess it would have been the heat. And I said – Went up to eight. <laughs> I said, eight. I go, Fez, I think I'm, I'm going to bet this. He goes, oh, I don't like Jimmy it. Butler is an injured butt. That, that's what you said. <laughs> you said, Jimmy Butler, and you know, we're, we're, we won't get nothing from him. I'm like, all right, Paz. Pass. Butler 50,
2: 56 <laughs> points later. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Ten
0: buckets. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Is um, <laughs> uh, but again, who? How do we know, right? I mean, but um, what's the best you could do? Let's say you knew Giannis was going to play before anyone else did, uh, and the line moved what, like three points or whatever, right? So you maybe if you had inside information, if Giannis's trainer was on your payroll, you could be laying five instead of eight. Yes, right? if
1: it was fifty fifty, because yeah. he's like worth five and a half points. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I think that the way that it moved, they thought he they th- we weren't they didn't know whether yeah he they didn't or not, know, right? but they it was you know probably right around fifty fifty. Yeah, I, I guess it would have been. I guess if it moved three, it would seem like it's less than fifty fifty that he was going to play, which it doesn't make a ton of sense. Plus, is he coming back at one hundred percent? Obviously, yeah. it would seem not, but you have a couple-point edge. Even if you know Tom Brady's going to be out or, you know, fill in your quarterback or Mahomes, what's it going to move? Eight points, right? Let's say you know he's out. No one else knows he's even injured. You've gained eight points, which is nice. But if you know the Cowboys are going to trade up and take, you know, the running back... All of a sudden, it's ninety (laughs) five percent. There's a blackjack
1: book that talks about the different rules changes and how valuable it is. It's like, oh, blackjack's pay two to one. That's worth like whatever one point four percent plus one point four percent, and then they put down cheating dealer minus one hundred point zero percent impact on the odds. Yes. So, oh, you
0: mean if a mechanic, if he's a mechanic? Yeah. yeah. So Uh the idea predetermined. Yeah. Okay. And. So in general, if something steams from my so let's talk about one of the steams today. So you were talking about Paris Johnson,
1: yeah. So yesterday, twenty four hours ago, Paris Johnson was painted nine and a half. Could go over or under. Lay a dollar fifteen either direction.
0: All right. So so even money over and under, pretty much.
1: Yep. And now, fast forward twenty six hours later and under to him to go yes in the first nine, so
0: to go earlier earlier. Okay.
1: I like that. Yeah, now minus three thirty, take back plus two sixty. So he's gone from fifty percent to seventy five percent. I've
0: heard that. I think that sounds that's a good way to say. <laughs>
1: I like whoever came
0: up with that. yeah, <laughs> ok. So I that one's steamy in a good way, but not the perfect way. I'd rather it almost be minus six hundred. Uh, because then I feel like I got a short thing. And here it feels like right on that border of. Hey, I've seen these kind of steam moves not not get there. But I agree with you. But all
1: things being equal, you and I both know if we had to gun to our head, if yeah. we had to bet it, we're laying the three thirty. We don't want no part of the plus two
0: sixty. And what other betting proposition in a year? And the only exception would be like voting things like MVPs or whatever, where you can great catch example. Win. But other than that, if national it, anthem. Yes, things like that, yes. predetermined stuff. Yeah, predetermined stuff. My favorite is. I would, I would not lay one fifteen or let's say one ten, but I would lay three hundred the next day. Like when could that be? You're
1: never going to have a college football team. You don't care if the entire other team has the flu. You're never going to say, oh, I'm going to lay two sixty on something. I could have laid a dollar ten yesterday.
0: I agree. Uh, Now listen, be careful though, because these aren't always sure things, and things move weirdly. And just don't think we're saying it's a sure
3: thing, but. In general, this concept applies. And that's something that, like to really think about. Like, Even if you've got a team who you think is married to a player, sometimes trades happen. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a draft guy today, and we were talking about the Seahawks, and the Seahawks seem like they're a lock to take defensive line in, mm-hmm. early in the draft. Mm-hmm. But then he was like, I don't, they're minus 250 to take a, a, D, a D lineman first. He's like, I don't know if that's good value because I could see them trading back. And if the D D linemen that they want are gone, they could just as easily go offensive line. So where they're at right now, there's no chance they don't take a D lineman, but they've got a high probability that they could trade out of that spot. And then everything just gets jumbled.
0: And what you're doing here isn't so much on information. This is interpreting the mocks and and coming up with with a sense of this is consensus. I was
3: just saying what you you were saying about be careful. But I I do think – tell me if you agree.
0: There's a distinction between an information steam move versus it's an intelligent handicap to think they're going D-line. Yes, yes. Right. And and again, to me those bets are fun and as long as there hasn't been move it's one of those things. Once something's moved drastically, you either buy into the move or you don't. There's no handicapping. You're handicapping the move.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I have to tell you one thing that was great in the draft and really helped juice my results is the the second level props. So what happens is so Paris Johnson the money's pouring in on him to go early, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we got there a little late to the party. Let's find another way to bet Paris Johnson. Who's gonna go the first lineman to be selected? Because it's either gonna be Paris Johnson or it's gonna be Skoronsky. All right. So if I can get if I can bet Paris to go first as the offensive lineman, that's a great bet. A couple even a couple years ago, I would be able to get great numbers on a bet like that. And now the market's so much more savvy about that stuff.
0: So this is like a derivative. Exactly. So the information that is directly affecting as you love to say, the name Paris Johnson, it can affect something like how many linemen taken in the top 10 or or whatever.
1: Exactly right. And probably the poster child this year is there's a draft. um, Where's Hendon Hooker going to go? Is he going to go in the first round? And it looks like he's more than likely that he is. Mm -hmm. There's four lock quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. No one else is going to go in the first round. It's all up to Hendon Hooker. So – over-under quarterbacks, four and a half in the first round, is essentially a bet on Hendon Hooker. Is he going to go in the first round?
0: So Anthony Richardson right now is over-under four and a half. Now, they tend to like to keep these over-unders pegged and then change the money line because they don't want to get middled. Is that fair to say?
1: Yes, and they and they don't want to have to do the work and try to evaluate, oh, who's picking fifth and how likely are they to take a quarterback? Mm-hmm. It requires a lot of work to see how likely he is to land on exactly on five.
0: But still, the middling is part of it, too, right? Because you can have a disaster in those cases. Yes. So let's say that he got adjusted to nine and he got drafted seventh. Well, you pay the unders on the nine, you pay the overs on Mm -hmm. the nine. Well, I guess, yeah, unders on the nine. Okay, but earlier than that. Um, This seems almost impossible that he goes before in the top four. We know he's not going one. We know he's not going to Hughes. I guess it could be trade-ups, but boy. I think you nailed it. It's like with, with trades and, and and the like, and maybe, but no
1: one. Maybe but, Indy stays padded for, and maybe and they need a quarterback, and maybe by some miracle the quarterbacks come off one, two, three. That's the that's the
0: scenario that I. If could they see they come him. off one, two, three. Anthony Richardson still isn't off. Yeah, but but then Indy needs a quarterback, and they got to take him. So for the first time in history, uh, I know it's very unlikely. It seems almost certain Houston's not taking a quarterback at this point. And I mean, there was that D lineman from what from Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Tell us about him. Uh,
3: It's funny of all the guys, and and what's his name again? Tyree Wilson, Mm -hmm. one of the guys I know the least about because he wasn't. A superstar college player. He played on a bad team, first of all, at Texas Tech. But he's a combine monster. He's a six foot six. He's a he's a giant man who does all the all the things uh, at the combine. He runs between the cones really fast. He runs a fast forty. He does all those things really well. So people decide, oh, this guy's got to be the real deal. A lot like Mario Williams was. Mario Williams wasn't a guy who was talked about a whole lot in college, but once he ran, the, once he was at the combine, people were like, oh, this guy, this guy can play. And Ty- Tyree Wilson's that, that same model. And that's who Houston took
0: over Reggie Bush? Is that,
3: Over Reggie that? Bush and Vince Young. Well, that was a good choice. It ended up being a good choice, but everybody in Houston was very upset about it.
0: It's interesting if Vince Young today would the NFL know what to do with him. Because he was mm-hmm. as impressive in college as any quarterback I've ever seen bench that USC game what a game so Fez I tell you right now I would go over three I I think Anthony Richardson the the blooms off the rose with him I I agree I agree um it's interesting because minus 330 is again we're saying right in that 75 percent range so like an average free throw shooter in the NBA is about 75 percent 77 percent sure so you're saying you think that the Anthony Richardson going is the same as an average free-throw shooter missing a free-throw. I think the odds are much lower than that, that he goes in the top four.
1: I agree. I think in this case Larry Bird shooting the free-throws.
0: <laughs> Ten percent. Right, I'll take it. Um, now, real quick, Scott, I, I had, I've been trying to make this joke in my head. I think it's almost there. You can tell me if you like it. It's workshop. So kept saying Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson. I think there was something there. Hey, did you see that guy's Johnson in the Paris <laughs> Hilton? Ta- like, there's something. Yeah, you following?
2: I can see where your brain's working. Yeah. But I just don't think it comes together.
0: Well, you know something? AJ... One Night
3: in Paris starring Johnson? Huh? That's horrible. That was, thank, the, that was the name you. of the film, pa- One Night in Paris. Okay,
0: starring Johnson. Hmm. I mean, the Johnson thanks for was, jumping
3: in there and improving. It wasn't quite the star. So.
0: <laughs> but right, if you can come up with anything between now and the end of the show,
3: I'll let you know. All right.
0: Workshop. <laughs> all right, Fez, you guys, but you know, occasionally I'm a little late. late. It's been a lot less lately, and it's been less time, but it happens. You guys had about a 20 minute conversation as I was coming in. I think we throw to that now. Twenty minutes. And then at the end of that, I'm gonna be jumping in and and responding to what I heard because I walked in. You know, listen, I'm not gonna make a big deal about this. I walked in, they kept talking like for 10 minutes. I mean, I don't know what it means, but let's listen and see if it was worthwhile.
2: Let's start with the quarterbacks here in the NFL draft and Bryce Young, the overwhelming favorite to go number one in the draft. AJ, is he the number one quarterback on your board? Yeah.
3: Uh, though I am not. I'm not one of these guys who thinks that like Bryce Young is some sort of uh, it perfect prospect or slam dunk number one. I don't know that any of these guys are guys that I'm r- r- like running up with my card saying this is the guy I've got to have number one overall. I mean, Bryce Young, the college player, is fantastic, and he is a he's a playmaker. Obviously, uh, great vision, and he's. He's going, to keep, he's going to keep plays alive. Like he, he, he does all, all the right things. He's a great person. Like it, from all accounts, he's like a great uh, character guy. Those are big deals. Uh, I mean, the, what you're going to hear, though, is the size, and that's the deal breaker for everybody. Uh, otherwise, you'd look at his numbers and you'd say, okay, this is a guy who nine yards per attempt, uh, 32 touchdowns, five picks, playing for a pretty good team in Alabama – what's not to like about this guy if I tell you his character's great uh this is a guy who's been to a national championship game he's won a Heisman he's done all these things why don't you like him well I mean it's it's not just the height either mm-hmm. it's he doesn't have a he doesn't have a body that's made for the NFL like you you've been around NFL athletes you can tell when a guy is a football player. Like yeah. you, you can tell, like okay, this guy, this isn't a normal size human. Uh, the, it, and quarterbacks, there's some that are like they're borderline. Like you can be around someone and say, oh, maybe that's just a, a big, you know, a, a big man, or maybe it's maybe it's an NFL player. When you see Bryce Young in real life, he doesn't look like you would bet against it. It'd be you, you say, there's no way this guy is a professional football player because his his build is just not that of one and he looks his body looks like a kid who is still in high school and uh it, it's the the arm strength is good not great um he he's an effective scrambler but he's not like a guy who's going to be an explosive Lamar type runner um I, I don't know that uh, there's – he's smaller than any first-round quarterback's ever been, and so that's what's really the, what going to come
2: What's about. the comparison? Is he Kyler Murray? Is he – I'm talking about body size. Is it Kyler Murray body size? Are we talking – He's smaller uh, Baker, than Kyler Murray. Baker Mayfield?
3: He, imagine if – like, Ky, you know how Kyler Murray looks kind of
2: thick? Like, he's short. He's got – he's, he's pretty broad as far as his chest goes and yeah, – yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's not Bryce. Like, it, imagine Kyler Murray, it, like, if he didn't have access to the weight room. That's what Bryce Young looks like. Uh Doug, so, Doug Flutie? Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's a good a good comp. Uh, so it, it, yeah, if that's what you're pulling out as like your comp, it's like ooh. Wee. I I mean he's small. We saw the picture of him next to Drew
2: Brees. Mm-hmm. He's smaller than Drew Brees? Yeah,
3: yeah. Like Drew Drew Brees looks like a giant next to him. <laughs> it, it, so that's going to be the big question. He does he does a lot of things really well and he's a guy who I'd love I'd love to take a chance on as as a quarterback, but I don't know that I'm willing to like, you know, risk everything for the guy. I'm I'm certainly I don't know if the Carolina Panthers were right to trade up Mm -hmm. everything that they traded up to get him. Uh, if that is indeed who they're looking for.
2: Are you sold, though, that he will be the number one overall pick? And, Fez, you, you can answer that question as well. I mean, we had Jay Glazer uh, going on the Dan Lebitard show last week and and say that Bryce Young's going to be the number one pick. It seems like every sports book is still maintaining Bryce Young as the number one it, overall pick. He's minus 800 in some books. Which is down, by the way. Yeah. Well, but, we'll, what, we'll talk about some of the line movement. But, what book can I get him minus 800? DraftKings. DraftKings, mm-hmm. that's a real number? Yeah, minus 800.
3: What's Levis? Plus 400. Okay. So here's, here's why I say yes. I don't think Bryce Young is the best player in this draft. That's not – I don't think it's even close, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But –
2: Is uh, he the best quarterback? That's the assumption The assumption is a quarterback is goes quarterback? number
3: one, and he is – he's the only quarterback of these four that if you take him and he fails, you don't look like a Dope like at least with Bryce Young people will say you know what everybody thought he was going to be the guy mm-hmm. the other three quarterbacks that are even talked about as high first round guys there's there's enough people off to the side going this guy's got no chance to be good mm. that if you take him you're going against such a group a large group of people that if he fails people are going to say how could you how could you have not seen that Like there's not a big group of people saying Bryce Young can't play in the NFL. Yeah, there's the size doubters certainly, but the size doubters doubted Russell Wilson. Size doubters doubted Kyler Murray. Not that those two guys are top five quarterbacks, but they they've at least been serviceable NFL players. If you take Anthony Richardson, the downside of Anthony Richardson is Blake Bortles. Like that's what Anthony Richardson could turn out to be. And then it's Oh, he like, could be a lot worse than Blake Bortles. You know what? You're right. Blake Bortles stuck around the league for, for many years. But he could be a he could be a non-rosterable player in three years. There, there's no world where Bryce Young can be that. Like Bryce Young at a, in a worst case scenario, Bryce Young ends up being like a really a really good backup quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. which obviously you don't want to take it number one overall. There is a chance that he's going to miss. But I think Bryce Young is is as close as you can get to a solid number one pick here if, if you're
2: going to pick one What's so interesting about Bryce Young being locked into the number one overall pick is that there's no information that is actually out there besides, I guess you could say, Jay Glazer saying it. But what everyone is going off of is the fact that Bryce Young canceled his remaining visits after mm-hmm. meeting with the Panthers, sure. which... You can just assume, now, you never want to assume, but if a guy just cancels his meetings, he's probably been told, we are taking you. So no need to go meet with anybody else. But I've read reports that say that the coaching staff actually wants C.J. Stroud, but the owner's getting involved and he well, wants Bryce
3: Young. You remember back to the day that the Carolina Panthers traded with the Bears to get this pick, mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud flipped to the favorite to yes. be the number one pick. yes. And like it was a slow burn to get Bryce Young back to being a favorite because Bryce Young was favored, Panthers get the pick, C.J. Stroud instantly favored, so the word was Panthers want C.J. Stroud. And something over the course of this process, it, it may be ownership, I, I don't know exactly, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not in, inside the building there at Carolina to talk about it, but something's changed, and now there's somebody there saying, no, Br- Bryce Young's our guy. And this happens a lot. Like It happens a lot that a coach says this is the guy I want and a GM says this is the guy I want and the owner decides, okay, I'm the tiebreaker, this is the guy who's better for my franchise. I don't think there's any doubt Bryce Young is better for a franchise than any of these other guys. I like- think this, this cognitive test thing, this is a big deal.
2: Mm. Oh, C.J. Stroud scored. It, yeah. it, it
1: would it would not have been a big deal if Bryce Young, who scored very well, right in the ninetieth percentile, yeah. it wouldn't be a big deal if C.J. Stroud scored in forty fourth percentile. But the fact he's in the bottom. Twenty percent of, of the of the quick cognitive reasoning, which apparently baseball players do very well with, so you have to make split second decisions, and guys like Burrow have done very well with this. Yeah, that that that. And bottom, Bryce
2: Young had the highest score, ninety eight percent.
1: So that bottom, you know, top two percent versus bottom twenty percent. My goodness, if I'm the owner. I literally am like and I know nothing. I'm like, we're not taking the bottom 20% guy. We're gonna take the top two percent guy. And this is
3: the like when you talk about that that test, it really answers the question because people will say about Bryce Young. Well, of course he's good. Look at what's around him. Okay, and I and I get that argument, but with CJ Stroud, you could argue he's had just as good of weapons around him as Bryce Young had in his career. A good point. So, at the next level, when you take—if you don't have the best guys on the field at wide receiver mm-hmm. running back and offensive line—how do you process things? The the upside of Bryce Young becomes much higher when you take yeah. away all the bells and whistles around him, because the truth is, Stroud is so polished as a passer. He, I mean, he—if you said who's the best passer of these four guys, like if you said they're all robots. And none of them have to like think about a play or any like it's just how well can they throw the ball, how accurately? C.J. Stroud's the best, yeah. But there's Siri, and he, he's not the most athletic, uh, and he is he is not apparently the best. I don't want to say not the smartest because it, who knows how this test measures, but relative to the other three guys, he struggled in the in the testing that 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 says how how NFL ready this guy is.
2: As so a this this test replaced the Wonderlick. So the Wonderlick is gone. This is now the it's called the S2 cognition test and it has nine different parts and the measurements in each section they measure a quarterback's ability to track multiple objects, make complex decisions and filter through if then scenarios with different scenarios, basically the ability to improvise. And so you want to compare Recent scores of this test, Brock Purdy was in the mid 90s. Yeah. And we've seen Brock Purdy once he got on the field, pretty smart guy. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, also in the mid 90s. And that's where we have Bryce Young in the high 90s, whereas CJ Stroud, 18%, the lowest. Of anybody, yeah,
3: it's it's going to be tough for him. Hey, to some overcome.
2: guys just don't take tests well. I mean, th- this That's could have true. nothing to do with his football ability. Some guys are just bad test takers. But
3: here's the here's the other thing that works against Stroud, in my opinion, and, and I watched some film of him uh, last week, and it is there are plays where you can tell before the snap is taken. He already has decided where the ball is going, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and boy, that will never ever work in the
2: NFL. So, yeah, the biggest thing is, and I remember this is when Zach (laughs) Wilson—maybe it's a bad example—but during the uh, green and white scrimmage, his rookie season, threw a horrendous interception because he literally just did not see the coverage. And when the media asked him about it, he said. It's what practice is for. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to work through these things, and I'm seeing things for the first time, and so that's what practice is for. I'm getting it out of the way. Now I know I'm not going to make that throw. Well, it turns out he made that throw multiple times when he actually stepped on the field during a regular season game, but that's the difference, a big difference between the pros and college, is that coverages are disguised. You will see things in the NFL that you've never seen before, and if you don't have the ability to recognize quickly and adapt you are not going to be successful immediately in this league.
1: You know, these guys are mic'd up in the XFL, and I can't tell you how many times the quarterback's mic'd up. And literally, Jack Cohen, as he's releasing the ball, he's like, oh no! Because
2: <laughs> he sees it, but it's yes. too late. Yeah. He sees it. He sees the window closing. And, uh, <laughs> and I think it's
3: important to note that, like, this year is a real, that, like, this group of quarterbacks, it's really telling when it comes to how much the league has changed. Mm-hmm. Because if you go back 15, 20 years ago, there's no, there's no discussion or debate. C.J. Stroud is the number one pick in the draft. Because in that time when quarterbacks didn't really scramble, uh, there, I mean, there were certainly a few who did.
2: I beg to differ. If we're going back 15 years, Will Levis is the number one overall pick in the draft. I agree with that. Joe Flacco. That's Will Levis. I mean, this
3: is what happens. Like these guys. CJ Stroud show- is Matt Ryan. I, I get it. like, and Matt Ryan was a better prospect than Joe Flacco because he 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 was a more accurate passer. Like Will Levis is too inaccurate, even 15 years ago, to be looked mm-hmm. at as the number one overall pick. You, you know, I like he's got some he's got some Lamar Jackson level college throws. I like, I, I think we need to back up. Are we, are do we are we
1: really handicapping how good these guys are going to be, or do all we care about is where they're going?
2: I think we're right now talking about.
3: I mean, how I guess the discussion the of why, why you would take them win. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess. Yeah. I guess I disagree. All I care, I don't care.
1: All I care about is. Of course, like, Fez only cares about so, how can I bet. Well, that's because we got all year to talk, like their whole careers to talk so about their handle, impact.
2: How do you handle this Will Levis scenario? And for those who are not aware, Will Levis who is the Kentucky quarterback that people were saying has all the intangibles and physical abilities of an NFL quarterback, but he's still behind guys like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, even way behind the athleticism level of someone like Anthony Richardson, a Reddit post goes up. Random Reddit post. I don't even know what Reddit is. It's just an online platform where people share stuff. (laughs) And it says, Will Levis is currently plus plus. 4000 to be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family Carolina will, in fact, take him on Thursday. You're welcome. And all of a sudden, people flocked can to we bet call, Will
1: Levis. Can we call Will Le- Levis's dad and ask him? If that's accurate.
2: <laughs> this is what's so wild because – and and Reddit, by the way, has had a history of doing things like this, right? Uh, let's just look no further than GameStop and AMC, right? The, the the manipulation of the market, which was from Reddit. That's where it started.
3: And by the way, this person on Reddit wasn't like somebody that was known. No.
2: Or not, like any, a, not a breaking news. Th- this it's was just, his yeah.
3: second post yeah. in the history of his account. Yeah. And the first one was about Batman.
2: <laughs> so he was like, just Although, showed up. He, he was right. He said, Robert Pattinson's going to be the next Batman. That's true. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess he's got it man He's got, got the inside scoop.
3: We've got to give it
2: to him. But mm. anyway, Will Levis now, the, 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 the sports books all of a sudden are taking bet after bet after bet. And because of that, Fez, they naturally have to move the odds. Of course. So like, for example, BetMGM last week, Will Levis was off the board. To be the number one overall pick. Then all of a sudden they have to put him back on the board at fourteen to one. And then as of this morning, they push him to five to one. DraftKings has him at four to one right now to be the number one overall pick. We've seen but but
1: we can't bet. He, we can't bet. No. Well, I guess you you could say, You know what? Actually, we can bet. No, because a, a Bryce Young is essentially a no bet because there's no other. There's nobody else that can go. Away, Correct. So. That
2: would be the bet. It would be if the no. So you're saying right now DraftKings has Will Levis at plus four hundred, Bryce Young at minus eight hundred. So that's essentially me saying we'll live it. We'll will. Will Levis be the number one overall pick? Yes, plus 400. No, minus 800.
1: Well, 4-1 to one seems like a god-awful bad bet to me. So minus 800 has
2: to be a good bet, what? in my of opinion. Of course, I think it's a bad bet. But So minus 800 is a good bet. I would agree with that. But didn't we see this happen last year where Trayvon Walker, something leaked that he was going to be the number one overall pick when no one thought leading up to the draft, that he was the number one overall pick. It was Aiden Hutchinson all the way, all the way. And he was plus two hundred about a week before the draft, he goes to goes to minus one sixty and then minus two fifty right around this time. Yeah, but he wasn't forty to one with two days to go. That's the thing. That's the difference. <laughs> he with was in with Levis. the ballpark. Levis went from he was at sixty to one. On FanDuel and then went to six to one. I just
1: I just can't believe that if this was the case, if he was in serious consideration mm-hmm. to be number one, that nobody was aware of it, that this was that, that, that this was the best kept secret in the world.
2: Now let me throw you out a crazy scenario. Hypothetically speaking, all that post said was that Carolina was taking him. It did not say where. What if the Panthers trade out of the number one overall pick? I
3: mean, you don't trade everything that they traded to get into the number one pick and then turn around and trade out. That just seems odd. Kevin Costner
2: did it in draft day. I mean, yeah. uh, No, he (laughs) kept the one. He he kept kept the one. one. Yeah, Vontae Mack, no matter what. Yes. You know, well, that's what happens when people don't go to the quarterback's birthday party. I
3: think he traded the six. I, I mean, it would blow my mind if Carolina did that. Like but, it, it's it's almost unfathomable. But if
2: people are flocking to the sports books because of a random rumor, the rumor didn't say that he was going number one. The rumor just said he's been mm. telling family that Carolina's taking him. That's I'm, all it said.
3: I'm comfortable saying the guy on Reddit is full of shit.
2: I would agree with that. Uh, like, but then again, last year I thought people were full of shit with Trayvon Walker.
3: But there, there, was a different Trayvon Walker. By this time last week, was a, like a, a pretty heavy favorite to be number one overall.
2: Yes, like, he wasn't. He wasn't forty to one, and then now four to one. Right. He was already a minus what two fifty? no, no he, he was plus two hundred, plus two fifty. By this time, I don't think so. By this time, he shot down to minus one sixty. I'm talking about this week though, the first, the week of the draft. Right.
3: Started the week so he's and- favored. Yes. He was favored to be the like Will Levis isn't favored to be the number 1 pick. If if there was information out there that will like real information mm-hmm. that Will Levis was going to be number 1. And RJ's talked about this before. This is one of the 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 events, the rare events in sports betting that are super information driven. And I mean Fez has talked about why sports books don't really want to take bets on this. And when there's because real information it. it's it's a one-way
1: freight train of cash. It doesn't reverse or stop. Uh, examples today, uh, Paris Johnson got bombed. Okay. And, and, and everybody's betting on him to go early. It doesn't stop. It just, the VIG goes from minus 180 to 220 to 280, etc. cetera. Well, all of this, uh, Levis optimism stopped, you know, after about an hour. So I I'm inclined to agree with you, AJ. I think it's just a complete, um,
2: uh, wild goose. If, if you they's. had to make a bet right now on a Will Levis over under number, consensus, four and
1: a half. Oh, I'd go under four and a half. I'd go under four and a half. You'd yeah. go under four and a half. I yep. think the steam is real on Levis
2: to go, but he's just not going to go one. So we're talking about the Texans at two. I think, he's a, I think he plays the Indianapolis Colts. Cardinals at three, Colts at four. Well, so the you, presumption is also the Cardinals would
3: love to trade out. Like, there's going to be some team who wants to get ahead of the Colts so they can get Levis or
2: Anthony Richardson let me, let me just go back to what you said about the Indianapolis Colts. So are you telling me right now and telling all of our listeners here that Will Levis will be drafted before CJ Stroud,
3: I think so. I agree. Wow, I'm telling you that people take that test seriously. Like the the idea that there's four guys and three of them seem like they're pretty smart guys, mm-hmm. and one of them seems like a dope. <laughs> like you don't want to be the the guy that you don't want to be the team that drafts the dopey guy. And it, like Richardson, Levis both had uh, Richardson had a, a a good score. Levis and Young had great Richardson scores.
2: Richardson was at 79%, Levis 93%.
3: Yeah, so Levis and Bryce had great scores. Mm-hmm. Stroud had a terrible score. I I just don't I, I don't know. It like and if Stroud had some like elite level athleticism, oh, maybe they overlook it. he doesn't. Like he he's He's not as great. He, he's Like I said, he is a great quarterback prospect for 15 or 20 years ago. He's not a great quarterback prospect in
2: 2023. Mackenzie, is that a matchup bet on Circa? Okay, so a matchup bet. Will Levis versus C.J. Stroud. Levis minus 200.
3: Yeah, I, li- I like that.
2: And that's at Circa Colorado. You can bet that.
3: Hmm.
0: Okay, well those guys got ambitious. Ambitious. Hmm you always seem to say you know it's funny do you have in your mind do you think you know if rj was here i wouldn't say this but i'm saying it like is that still the case because there's the famous wacky here the rest of the oh life. absolutely yeah but but it's funny because you've become so good at these hits you know when you are a guest and everything maybe you should think am i really looking to buck what he taught me or have i embraced it because I think you've embraced.
1: I think there's a little bit of both. Like when you're you were a wall for one pod, and so I was betting while these guys were discussing. Like Fez can't talk right
0: now; he's he's making bets. <laughs> All right, <so> speaking, <laughs> speaking of betting, how are your clients? Because I, I know one thing f- for sure: you're not going to force it, right? There's no not. Your nuts well covered. Um, what would the Fezic – Late telephone, as I call it, the old school name for it, the all access. What are they getting, probably for the draft? So right now I have three best bets up. Mm-hmm. And when um, did you release those?
1: I gave out two of them last night mm-hmm. and one of them the week
0: before. Okay, that's a nice combination. So in, and that's in a separate package. They're all in one package. All right, so that's and how much is that? It is twenty nine dollars. Well, that's cheap. Yeah, we were gonna we
1: early bird at twenty nine. And we were going to raise the price. And since I only had three releases, I'm leaving at a 29 because I I don't... Always thinking about the customer. Because I care about the customer.
0: Exactly. All right. That's true, actually. Now, you care about the customer mostly because that leads to the best things in the long run for you, too. See, that's the beauty of a business who's about providing value because your interests and the customers are aligned. Yes. I like that. Okay. What do we got? You know, I, I guess the thing... That, that I was going to cover when I overheard you guys, we kind of covered when we did it before, you know, when we taped right after, before, though, it, it played. Well, let's maybe closing thoughts on the draft or I don't know. What else? You got anything else, Fez? Yes. Right, I
1: I have. I want to ask you about this because I, this is a derivative that I really like and that I bet. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And so what happened, where is the steam come in on this draft? Well, there's been steam on the O-line. Over 5.5 is now like minus 550. There's an expectation we're going to get six guys to go in the draft. Mm -hmm. And guys that I respect have said, boy, you know, I kind of like betting over 5.5, even laying huge fig. I didn't personally do it. Mm -hmm. There's been steam on quarterbacks over 4.5. Hennon Hooker was not supposed necessarily to go in the first round, and now it looks like he's more likely, not a sure thing, to go than not to go in the first round. The running back, enormous difference. We really thought we'd only get one running back, and now this guy Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs, yep, is like, well, he's he's favored to go in the first round. So the number of running backs looked like it was going to be just one. Now it looks like it's it's a real good chance that there's going to be two. So what's happening? Offensive players, more linemen, more quarterbacks, more running backs, wide receivers really hasn't moved at all. Tight ends hasn't moved at all.
0: Here's where I'm going. So so tight ends, though, this is a top-heavy tight end draft, for y- sure. Yeah, there's Mayer and
1: Kincaid. There's two guys that are going to go for sure. And the Well,
0: no, for sure in the first? Likely.
1: Very likely. They're, like, lined at 22-ish, mm-hmm, 24-ish. Mm-hmm. And the third guy, Washington, is kind of fallen a little out of favor. So it looks like it's going to be two tight ends. Um, but you add, So the number of offensive players to be drafted was 16 and a half last week. So 16 and a half. Yes, out of 31 now. There's only 31 first-round picks. Mm-hmm, because of the Miami Dolphins had one take. Right. So 14 and a half defense, 16 and a half offense. Hey, that checks to 31. Okay, good. So now we've gotten steam pro offense at at quarterback, pro offense at O-line, and pro offense at running back. It's a zero-sum game. So if these all of these offensive positions are getting steamed, I, I, I've, I've looked at it. It is almost impossible we're not going to get 16 offensive guys, and I think we'll get 17 or 18. So, so, I love it, over 16 and a half.
0: Okay. So you're saying it's almost impossible we don't get 16, but that would still lose. That's right. All right. So really, it doesn't matter what the likelihood of 16 is. What do you think the likely? I mean, so you're saying this is a nice 55% bet. You I think it's an 85% bet. You think it's an 85% bet, and what do you have to lay?
1: You have to lay right now minus 240.
0: Okay, okay. So it's two forty. Yeah. Um. And what was it before this steaming happened? Right around minus one forty. Okay. But there's been a drastic move
1: on on mm-hmm. on, on on running just running I, back up running back alone. Like
0: this last year, I didn't like it, and I think you lost. If but I but
1: running back alone, this I think there's going to be two running backs, and and just last week we thought there'd only be one. That alone pushes you up from sixteen and a half to seventeen. And a half, just to get the
0: running back to go. Here's why I don't like it, because. There's no one thing – and maybe you're saying this running back thing is, but really what's the odds of this running back – the two running backs going in the first? It can't be better than minus 240. It It is – Because num- I mean right it, now I'm looking Over at, one and a half running backs. His, his over-under 35. Over, over one and a half is – when we
2: printed this sheet. Minus right. 205. Over one and a half running backs minus 205.
0: Okay. Yeah. So – you're not laying 280 to, to to peg it to a 205, but you're saying there's other ways to get there. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. y- yes. Um, Real quick, AJ, would it, give us uh, a little
3: overview of this Gibbs. Yeah. Alabama running back transferred in from Georgia Tech. So he just played one year at Alabama, but he is elite specifically as a pass catcher. The The knock on him is going to be size. So we're talking He's, Gibbs here, right? Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs, under six foot, under 200 pounds, so most most teams are going to look at him as a back who's part of a committee, which is but, what but most that's, backs now anyway. That's, yeah, I mean, there's no the bell
0: cow back doesn't really exist.
3: But right? that's the difference I mean, between him and Bijan John Robinson. The other top prospect in this draft is known as a guy who can who can be a, a three-down back, uh, a tackle breaker who also has explosive speed and can participate in the passing game as well.
0: Did I hear you say best prospect since O.J. Simpson? Uh,
3: up there. Uh, I, I'd say probably my favorite since Adrian Peterson. So it's been a long time. It's you ever hear about like people shaking his hand, Peterson? Ooh,
2: strong. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for a lot of mocks have Gibbs going to the Bengals at twenty-eight.
0: Ooh. Now this is a good time to talk about running backs, quarterbacks, and the first round. So first round has a fifth-year option. A um, other rounds don't. Right. Second round, there's four years. So Dak Prescott, for example, had to sign, uh, or they had to sign him after four years. They they franchised him or whatever, but. Okay, but with Lamar, he had the 50-year and the 50-year mm-hmm. option. So who, why? Do, when do you want a 50-year option? Typically, a running back. Think about how many running backs go last in the first round. That's when the... Clyde Exactly, was an example of that. And why? Because... If you go five years with a running back, then you give him one franchise tag. Yep. All of a sudden, now he's at the age you want to get rid of him. And if you think about it, that's pretty much where Zeke got Saquon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and 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 you know, again Saquon was what the last was he the last back taken inside the top twenty even? Because I mean Steelers to- no, she went yeah like, like twenty three. Tw- oh, it was, was I thought point? it was 23, yeah, 24. You could be right. But either, yeah. I mean, I guess top uh, we'll top say five. Eight.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but the action is telling us that um, Robinson is 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 top right now. It's like 50-50 to be in the top ten, right? I think twelve,
3: like he was somewhere around there. He, he was he's minus one ten to go top ten right now. Yeah, that's what oh, I okay. heard.
0: So th- there's a steam there. Atlanta speculation. Dallas might want to trade up. You know that's what
3: we're hearing, Jerry. You know, and yeah, Saquon last running back to go top twenty. Uh, So 2018 was the last time one went in the top 20.
0: Yeah, so this is a – and and with him, it's the idea of a three-down back, Robinson, and uh, very pedigreed.
1: That's another reason, by the way, I like the offensive players over 16-and-a-half. I think if it comes down to – it's 16-14, to and here comes the 31st pick.
0: I think offense becomes a big favorite. I can't lie, the Steelers getting the 32nd pick. What a heist from the Bears. <laughs> Ooh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, last thing for me, and this has been something, Fez, I think you would agree, I've been the most prescient on of maybe anything really, is you can't really say that team had a good draft. I like them more, you know. I'm thinking about the Ravens. By the way, I got a little question for the universe. The Ravens get an A every year. Who right now is good on the Ravens? <laughs> like, like when you think about Justin it. Tucker. Okay, Justin, the best, Justin Tucker. That's I agree. <laughs>
1: Who else? Now you've been you've been um, beating this drum correctly for like ten years, and basically. You're you, you before the draft you're like, you know what, whoever has seventeen picks It's what equity do you have? <laughs> it's all it's all equity. And guess what? Nobody knows. So what's gonna happen? On 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 the Sunday after the draft's all, all done, everyone that has all their picks is going to get rated at A minus for like the, the Jets most part. Last year, and everyone that's only got four picks and they trade away all their picks is going to get a D. Yeah, you know, that's just the way it is.
0: So what I've been doing this year, especially, is you look at how many free agents you, you could have lost how much money you have all of the bears for example Atlanta now Atlanta seemingly didn't spend their money very wisely but you look at teams and say how much money do they have and then how many draft choices cuz what's going to give you new players between one year and the next draft, draft free agency free agency uh-huh. and how are you going to lose players age you know retirement or free agency so that's the inflows and the outflows Speak of Atlanta, one freebie. I just bet Atlanta over seven and a
1: half. Their, yeah. their schedule is so easy. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's the it it, it is remarkable. I'm like they'll be favorite against them. They'll be favorite against them. I'm going like game after game. I've never seen such an easy schedule.
0: Well, I like that. Um, what it's been two months now. I don't like it near as much because I thought there was a real chance Lamar
3: mm-hmm. was gonna go yeah. there, and I, I guess there still is. I think the question's about like I don't want to bet over on any team who I don't know who their quarterback is gonna be, and certainly
0: or seemingly unless there's oh, another bad quarterback.
3: Yeah, unless yeah. it's gonna be a
0: miracle, it's gonna be one that it's, has a de- It's question.
3: Desmond Ritter or Taylor yeah. Heineke. Like but what if they draft John Robinson? Uh, so they're gonna do a single wing.
1: <laughs> it might be the best option. They got they still got Cordell Patterson. And they got that
0: Pitts kid. I mean, they got some weapons. No, they do. But, uh, you know, the
3: quarterback's kind yeah, of... They've got Desmond Ritter.
0: <laughs> well, but again, to me, we always have to at least trust more than our opinion inside that building, right? Washington seems to be bought in to a quarterback that there wouldn't be any great reason to be bought into from the outside. Hmm. I don't think they're trying to... You're talking about s- Sam Howell? Yeah, yeah, I don't think they're trying to sabotage... You know, their season, but but again, people make bad decisions all the time. Okay. I mean, someone drafted Herb straight or Herbs. Oh, yeah, terrible decision. <laughs> so you following the Chargers pretty closely? Uh, not particularly. I'm not again, I'm not a big Chargers fan. You've You've been soured on this. I kinda am sour on the Chargers. That's I mean, like you're in your 40s and it's like you have a chance to feel like a young man again and a, a boy even rooting. Go Herbs, go Herbs. What an arm! Did you see that? You know that kind of stuff. But now it's been taken away from you. Look, well, like they got a Dodo coach.
2: <laughs> dodo. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you like to see the Chargers get in the draft to help out Herbert? Oh, they need
3: eight or ten running or uh, wide receivers. <laughs> I, I, I would like one of those tight ends to go to the uh, to go to the the Chargers. No, not, no not like about a-
2: defense. Nah. <laughs> no Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Oh, that'd Jordan be, I would take
3: that for sure, but I, I don't think Jackson, Smith, and Jig is going to be around. You know,
0: they have 40 million, I think, wrapped up in two receivers, right?
3: <laughs> they're of, always
0: injured, yeah. though. But, but, I mean, I'm gonna say get Williams and
2: Eckler. <laughs> There's 40 million. He's like, they don't got any receivers. You didn't hear about Herbert's stats when those players were on the field versus yeah. when they are off the field?
0: Well, listen— <laughs> I still think the greatest moment in S.O.V.A.M. so far is when Herbert like, won a Thursday night game and he starts screaming, all questions have been answered. <laughs> I mean, that, that would never be forgotten. That's all right. <laughs> you were right
2: here. Yeah, I was sitting right was, here.
0: Did you think at the time it was a historic moment?
2: I did not. I thought maybe all questions <laughs> were answered. <laughs> I believed them.
0: All right, Fez. You um, know,
2: if, if a
1: tie gets you in the playoffs and your opponent is comfortable playing for a tie, I don't know about you, but I
0: think I'd be willing to take the tie myself. Rather I don't than, know. There's two sides of that because it's like the whole thing with like the Giants winning the Super Bowl because they played in a meaningless game against the Pats you know, to stop their undefeated and— there's a lot of times it does feel like there's a karma. I don't believe in karma too much, but I do think there's a sports karma, man. They're not losing. They're tying. That's a difference. All right. Well, you're supposed to play to win. I don't know if you ever heard that before. Hmm. Um. We're going to segue to Aaron Rodgers, but I I want to take a second and kind of state what I meant very clearly about the draft. So I don't care. I mean, think about the new one. Here's a good example. Imagine you're walking into Walmart And each person that walks in, there's 32 of them, gets a certain amount of money. And it's like, buy the best value you can get for this money. That's an analogy for the draft, right? Certain Mm -hmm. teams have more money because they have more high draft choices. And they can go pick. And you know what? Maybe they get a guy and they pick him seventh that should have went ninth. So you lost a little value. But that guy that should have went ninth is better than the guy that got drafted at 20, even though he should have been at 15. Because... God the football gods would say, well, one's at 15, one's at nine. Now one gained five slots of value, the other one lost two, but nine's still better than 15. Yeah. Right? It's so a great analogy. So the best you can do, I think, is hope that you're buying things of value. Like when I did the draft in the NFL and I won all of the drafts we did or whatever, I each pick I made was extra value. Scott went. He paid like triple as much for the bills. Now the bills could have won, but they didn't. I think he had the bills and the eagles. Did he really? Yeah. It did. How did he have any money? Oh, he got the eagles he, he, last. I was trying to yeah, get the eagles too. He spent all his money on those two teams. <laughs> well, but no, he, I think he got the eagles. Like as the fifth pick or yeah. something, right? It was like number twenty. Remember, they were twenty to one back then. Wow, well, the Wasn't it the Jets and
3: them having the same over yeah. under? Um, oh, we're know, forgetting who won that draft. Me? No, I won that draft. That was the that was the Super Bowl or bus draft. I don't think that's possible. It's possible. I won like two of them. You did. You won two out of four. Yeah, that's pretty. good. It was strong. And didn't you? I won one and a half. I won one and a half. (laughs) McKenzie was uh, in with me on one.
0: All right. Well, you had a good year too. All right. So I think the draft stuff we talked about. Let's shift to Aaron Rodgers. Can I give a best bet for the draft? Yes, but you know something? Let's do this. I got a best bet. Everyone, I think, does. So, yeah, it's a good idea. Let's keep it on topic. So we'll do the
3: draft. Anyone that's got a draft best bet, we'll do it now. And we'll start with AJ. All right, I'm going to go under five and a half defensive backs in the first round. Apparently, there's only one safety that can possibly yeah. go in the first round. And from what I was reading and what was told today, the if if someone reaches for a fifth cornerback, it would be an extreme reach. So five and a half right now is the number. So that, why is this number that this way? I'm I, I, always worried. It's it's a good question. Why is it plus one fifty-five? I don't know, but both the guys that I talked to today said I would be shocked if a fifth corner went because there's so much depth in this draft so for Mac- edge rushers. So McKenzie, can you look at the consensus at grinding the mocks and just say based
0: on that, how many are in the top thirty one? And then assuming
3: it's less than when's the next one that goes. All right. Yep. So Forbes from Mississippi State is the guy who's kind of the, the the borderline guy, and both the guys that I talked to today said they would you would rather Did go you talk to two guys today? I talked to two guys okay. today. Both of them said you would rather go with a, a an edge rusher, a defensive lineman late because the quality is better late than a cornerback. So. Uh, so-
0: Late. When you mean late, you mean later
3: rounds. No, late first round. Okay. So, like in the, in the late twenties, where right. where there's a possibility for four. So, to the, to be clear. The bet is under five and a half defensive backs. So that's cornerbacks and safeties. So, if five
0: of them taken, you win. Six of them, you lose.
3: Yes. All and right. it's plus one fifty five on the payout. So
0: you're getting a plus money on this. Yeah. So they're saying six is like a favorite. Yeah. Hmm. Mackenzie, you got anything yet? Hmm. Okay. So it looks like DB's by grinding the mocks. Okay, so he's putting the so we'll get back to this. Joey Porter is supposed to be 17th. He he he's fallen out of favor. He's like a 20th now. Everyone's betting against the Porter. Yeah. So but for this for this still one still gonna does go, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, now this is interesting. So we now have a fourth one at 20, at 29, pretty much. And then the next, this is like we're seeing like a teletype. Da, 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 da. Ringo from the Beatles at 30. All right. So what we're saying is one, two, three, four cornerbacks, and then there's one right on the border that would be five. Now, what about safeties? Okay. There were
4: none in the first round. So
0: where's the top safety? I'll grab that. So, Fez, this is confusing me. It makes no sense. How can it be five and a half plus money? Scott, you want to check the DB, that one database site? Because, I mean, where's this number at?
3: DraftKings. All right. There's one guy that McKenzie didn't list, Devin uh, Devin Witherspoon, who's probably the first. Oh, he's yeah, right yeah. out here. One, yeah, one, two.
0: Okay, so we got one, two, three, four. Okay, so what we're saying here is one, one, two, three. We got four, four cornerbacks
2: nine. in the first round. Right.
0: So what we're saying is this Ringo is the, the key, all right, is he's at 33.4, so that's less than 31, but it very easily could be. You know what? He is going to go in the first round. Couldn't I bet Ringo under thirty three and a half? But that thirty three and a half isn't um, the. Oh, over that's, that's not his that's number. That's the average. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. That's an interesting point. But I tell you this. But for no lock it, Forbes makes it. Uh, yeah, that's true enough too. I mean, to me, that's interesting because you go at twenty nine. So really, what we're saying here is, if this was even money. I'd be like, "Uh." but if you're getting plus 155, is it 155? 155. I kind of like it.
2: So I got one safety projected consensus first round. Brian Branch, 24th overall. Oh, dear. Okay. So that would be four cornerbacks and one safety projected first round consensus.
1: Five cornerbacks.
2: Yeah,
0: because if we, if Forbes is number five. Yeah. One, two, three, four, four. uh oh. So we need Forbes. We'll see.
2: Does yours have Forbes as a. This one, I, I see Forbes at 34. So Which Forbes
3: is beyond the first round. Forbes is a swing yeah. state. Well, but Forbes or Ringo. So if, if yeah, both of them, Ringo. I don't I haven't seen anybody have Keely Ringo in the first round. He sends well, how love.
0: can you have an yeah, how can you have an average of 33.4? Oh, I get,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he was 32 everywhere. So, I don't, I'm I'm not co-signing this. All one. right. No, no, I mean, I'm not saying you know, but again, here's the beauty of it that makes me think if I had to play this, I'd actually bet with him, bet with AJ. It's because he does ha- – I mean, he's being very mysterious. I've talked to two people. But, like, one of those guys is a nationally known – I mean, why well, you can say who? I, I can't. You can't. Okay. He's a nationally known guy. He's not one of the biggest guys, but he's one of the seven or eight biggest mm. guys, I would say. So he's got real info. But it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any, anyone else on the yeah.
2: draft? Go uh, I'm going to go Dalton Kincaid, tight end, uh, under 24 and a half. Or if you'd like to get earlier, yes, or or if you want to get fun and be more creative here in town in Las Vegas, first pick by the Green Bay Packers to be a tight end at plus 225, because that is the place where all these mocks that I'm looking at have Dalton Kincaid going 13th overall to the Green Bay Packers. All right,
0: so what you're saying is we'll track the over-under.
2: Yeah, 24-and-a-half is on DraftKings, so if you want to be safe and maybe a team like the Cowboys takes him late in the first round, although the Cowboys have 26, and that they're projected to take a tight end, maybe Michael Mayer. Uh, But Packers at 13, the latest mock drafts as of Tuesday, have Dalton Kincaid 13th overall of the Packers.
0: Okay, and I like when there's two potential – when there's multiple – like tackles, I hear – there's going to be a run, like the Steelers are looking for a tackle, but there might be a run on tackles right before them. So once you see it with cornerbacks, receivers sometimes, in linemen, or especially O-linemen, once that first one falls, now now the, the person that said, say, two or three picks from there, they're thinking, well, we got to get it now because who knows after that because there's a – it's social proof in a way. If you're the first one to pick a position and there's not a clear number one at that position – It's a scary pick, right? But when you are the second one, it feels like you're part of the party, but you're not late to the party. Mm. So I think tight ends are one of those strange position groups. And I'm not going to get into this now. Let's do this. uh, So next week, we're going to do a NBA draft. Whatever the status Mm. is next week, we're going to be drafting to win the NBA title. So that should be fun. Um, Might
1: not be able to draft Boston if they're eliminated. (laughs) That's you mean Milwaukee
0: <laughs> or Milwaukee? That's what we're you saying. You mean Denver? <laughs> no, they just clinched. They just Denver clinched. they the only one. Yeah. They, they, they so you mean clinched. Phoenix? Yeah. <laughs> so, by the way, Mackenzie, we were talking about this. Uh, what was it yesterday or the day before? Um, no, it was yesterday. Is is it me or the Embiid love has somehow ceased? It's it's old it's old news. It's old news exactly. And you know what's funny? is I was listening to the Simmons pod and I was almost done with it when you came over and then I listened to the rest of it and they were talking about having regret on their <laughs> MVP pick. Huh.
4: That's crazy, isn't it? It's almost like they were controlled mentally by some sort of mob for a few weeks' time period. Ooh, very Orwellian, <laughs> very Orwellian. Okay, um,
0: one of the things that I'm going to talk about next week probably is the whole idea of positional value. So Fez, you're not a team building guy, meaning you bet, right? I've been listening to some team building podcasts. When I say positional value, what what do you think? Like, Do you know what that is? No. Okay. So the idea is that certain positions cost a certain amount of money and other positions are cheaper, right? So for example, a great quarterback right now, um you know 40 what is million. He, well 60 i mean oh, isn't yeah. Aaron 60 and we'll talk about that next um but what about a tight end so you had a top 10 i think it was tight end taken by the lions or minnesota no the lions right and then they traded him to minnesota if i'm not mistaken DJ mm-hmm. yes. e. hawkinson okay now if you think about it it's like how do you know what the position cost is you just look at the tag you know if they get franchise tagged what's the cost of it so for example this is a quirk in the system but um tight ends are by themselves so if you're an elite pass catching tight end and Jimmy Graham was the first guy to say I shouldn't be franchised with these other blocking tight ends I should be a receiver I'm good man I'm a receiver
2: you know yeah then it's like how many plays did he line up you know in a 3 down you know formation as a tight end or how many how many plays yes. do you line up T- out wide and then that was the whole argument of mm-hmm. how he should be tagged and, and tight had- ends a great
1: example because any fantasy football geek knows like you got to draft tight ends because there's only four
3: good ones and then you're screwed and you got to take Schultz or somebody <laughs> the tag for a tight end this year for example 11.35 million tag for a wide receiver 19.74 that's why Jimmy Graham wanted to be looking at almost double mm-hmm.
0: and Running back, the tag is going to be
3: right around— ten point one.
0: All right, now think about that a second. So, one in theory, that's what the top five average of the top five yep. running backs, which is the cheapest position group. If running back, if you look at like uh like a top, so the Giants took uh, the running back third. Saquon Barkley was second overall. Second overall. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you look at his salary, maybe look it up last year, it was probably around ten million dollars. Mm. So, like, he had to be a top five running back. That's good value. Right? To, to, no, to, to break even effectively, mm. right? So, because the theory is you're paying, if you're paying 10 and he's worth 10, well, you mm. break,
3: broke even. He had to be a top five running back to cover his nut. E- exactly.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> it. It was uh, four years, 31 million, $31.1 million, So, an average salary of but 7.8. Four,
3: but, like, the fourth
0: year, it probably was higher, I would assume, right? I mean, it, it, again, it's gonna be in that mm-hmm. 10 range. So, but if you take a wide receiver, and- no, seven point two, oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess they had the signing bonus spread out over. Mm-hmm. But if you take a wide, re- oh go ahead, oh, i I'm, I'm, I'm following you now. So, wide receivers are way higher paid than running backs, mm-hmm. but, but
1: that, but they get paid based upon the rookies where they're drafted. So exactly. you take, so you can, you can drive a Mercedes or you can drive a Toyota, and it costs you the same,
0: it- right? Yes. Let's think about that analogy. So who's the – so the the players, the – is it the position that is the different car or is it the player that's the different it's car? It's the position. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I would – Um. okay. I would say this is in general, if you take – when mean, think about in the NFL, it's quarterbacks, O-linemen, and D-linemen – are the, I mean, when? what's the highest cornerback we've ever seen? We've had a handful, and they're moving up now. We've had a handful go in the top I think, um, have we ever had a top five? I think um, Ramsey maybe went five with Jacksonville, maybe. Okuda out of Ohio State. Oh, three yeah. for Detroit. He already got traded, right? I think they traded him. Yeah. Yep. Um, But it's rare, but it's starting to happen more. Wide receivers, remember, it was a big deal when the Bengals. Didn't Sauce go fourth? Sauce Gardner? Uh, um, I'm not sure. No, I think I was like six or seven. I don't know. Let's take a – we can take a gander at that too. But you're right in that in general, quarterbacks have become more important in the last couple of years and so have receivers. And that's why when the Ravens, for example, who are brilliant drafters apparently, they took a center, which is one of the cheapest ones, and they took a safety, which is a cheap one these days. Because mm-hmm. the safety market – now you can
3: get good safety like for $6 million a year. Two, that- two corners top five last year. Last year? Yeah. Derek Stingley and St- Sauce Gardner three yeah. and four. Okay. And then well,
2: and then I mean it was uh, Denzel Ward from Ohio State was a couple of years ago. He well, was the, the fourth Browns, o- fourth right. overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, then Jalen Ramsey was the fifth overall pick. Yeah, yeah it's, it's starting to be a, a thing now.
0: And <laughs> it's interesting because if you would have went before Ramsey I don't think there's there was any for a long time. Before that...
2: Ramsey, it was Patrick Peterson, fifth overall. That was in 2011. So that was five years before Ramsey. Mm-hmm. But before Patrick Peterson in 2011, you have to go back to 2003 when Terrence Newman was taken fifth overall.
0: I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. Kansas a state wildcat. So, so it makes a ton of sense, right? What positions are valued? The free agency market tells you that effectively. And now what slot are you picking this guy and how much— uh and i think um the pff guys or cole uh who's now not at pff anymore calls it i think surpl- yeah surplus value mm. if you make a pick and you they let's say they are top quartile what you would expect how much surplus value average below average how much and and in gen- but what happens is like any other market all of a sudden now four wide receivers are gone when you're picking 12 and the first tight end still there. So now the question is: Do you want the fifth receiver or the first tight mm-hmm. end? Mm-hmm. It gets, but the but the teams that don't and the Colts, for example, have not really had positional value matter. They don't take quarterbacks. They take linemen and they take linebackers and running backs. I mean, think of who the best players for the Colts are. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> that's been a debate that's really bubbled up now and it's mainstream. But the last couple of years, it wasn't as much mm-hmm. that. Brings us to Aaron Rodgers because I believe I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Scott give his opinion first. I got a strong one. What do you think of this deal? This deal.
2: This deal. The first round swap doesn't mean anything because they just moved from 13 to 15. The second round you pick. You
0: know that's effectively like a fourth round pick.
2: Yes, that's okay. exactly. What it, but if the Jets' plan all along was to get an offensive lineman, he'll still be there. At 15. The third best offensive lineman in the draft or whatever, let's say, is still going to be there projected right now to draft Darnell Wright from Tennessee. That's who they were going to be projected to draft at 13. So nothing has changed. Yeah,
0: but, but if they didn't have to give it up in this trade, they could have traded someone else and 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 Sure, and sure, something. but the
2: whole Joe Douglas's sticking point was he didn't want to give up the first-round mm-hmm. pick. Mm-hmm. So just swapping 13 for 15 I think was a win for the Jets. Mm-hmm. The second-round pick that they gave up was a pick that they got when they traded away Elijah Moore,
0: and in my understanding, is it was kind of the plan was to make sure they had a second one yes. for this trade. So
2: they had forty two and forty three. Mm-hmm. So they traded away number forty two. They still have the forty third overall pick in the draft.
1: I, I still think this is like economics, fixed cost, analysis, But you
2: have it. You, you're giving it up. This is the now the biggest point. The biggest factor in this deal. Is the conditional second round pick in twenty twenty four because that pick becomes well, it's a second
0: round pick for sure? It's a conditional first round. Pick. It's, it's a likely, likely first round, round. It's a likely first round pick
2: because as long as Aaron Rodgers plays sixty five percent of the snaps this year, it becomes a first round pick.
1: What so? it set odds on that? What are the odds? Aaron Rodgers sixty five percent of snaps,
0: eighty five percent. Well, they said there's no benching risk if you think about it. So it's just injury risk. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: at least eighty five percent, right? This is the I don't think. now. This is what. I feel the Jets have to have some sort of understanding or maybe a verbal agreement that Aaron Rodgers is going to play for two years.
0: Well, that's first of all that's illegal. Well, I guess he's under contract. He could commit
2: to it. Because you cannot give up the first round pick in 2024 if Aaron Rodgers is only going to play for one year. Because the Jets are going to need a because that means the Jets have to draft a quarterback next year and they don't have a first-round pick. What about Wilson? That means the Jets have to draft a quarterback, <laughs> and they don't have a first-round pick. But to, get, to use
1: the Rams analogy, who cares? It's like if you re- win a st- the Bulls Rams got
0: care. very yes.
2: lucky.
1: It's true. But this is the It's thing. true, but they're, it's like,
2: why not go for they're it? They're like the seventh favorite. But think about this, RJ. <laughs> let's talk about the, the best-case scenario is the Jets make the playoffs, the, the first-round pick would have been low anyway, and Aaron Rodgers is going to stay for another year. So that's the best-case scenario. Is it? Let's question
0: that for a second, and, and let me jump in. Aaron Rodgers is making $60 million this upcoming year, and he's on the hook for 60, or they're on the hook for 60 mm-hmm.
3: after that. And he might be the 15th best quarterback in the league.
0: Okay, now that's an interesting question. And he's going to be 40. When And that's the key. When has a quarterback mm-hmm. dropped off? What's the oldest of the quarterback ever had a major drop that ever – I guess the answer is Favre, right? Cuz Favre had a mm-hmm. a, a real Manning, bad jet season.
2: Manning. No, and no. Favre both well, Favre had a real hold hold Favre had a good jet season.
0: Oh, then 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 what? Well, he had a bad season.
2: He got hurt halfway through the um, uh after they were 8 and 3 and then he got hurt. But he wasn't but he's, having a good year. Yeah,
0: I don't think. But either way, he was much better with Minnesota. He was great right? with yes. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I I guess what I'm saying is Manning certainly doesn't meet this criteria. What I'm saying is dropping off then coming back. Oh, is what I'm saying is once you hit the wall, mm. you hit the wall. Well, I interrupted you. You couldn't finish. I yeah, know, but what I'm saying is I don't see I don't see 40-year-olds having redemption seasons. Did Favre today. ever hit the wall
1: though? I think Favre? he was always good, right? Mm. He got run out of town, but he
0: was always good. So we're talking I think Favre you could make the case is, is a, a confusing matter with this, mm-hmm. right? And he was a, t- you know, the guy never could, I mean, he was a tough dude. I don't even know how to explain him. But now let me say this another way. How many 40-year-old quarterbacks have had, like, what are the five best seasons that a 40-year-old-plus quarterback has had other than Tom Brady? I was about oh. to say they all belong so all to Tom Brady. Brady.
1: Uh, <laughs> right? One year by far, right?
0: Maybe and one year Bruce by man, here? but was Manning
1: 39? And then he fell off the cliff. Oh, man, was it was at 38 with, that He just looks 40. Yeah.
0: Uh, by the way, Brett Favre of Jets in 2009, his QBR was 43. Yeah, that's what I remember. That's way below average. 74 QBR the next year with Minnesota. Then he had one more year with Minnesota, had a QBR of 39. So he would be the exception. He'd be the guy that had a bad year, fell off the cliff, and then he had one year left in him when he went to Minnesota. Yeah, and that, yeah. And that was him. Apparently he wanted to go to Minnesota all along. Yes. And Going to
2: the Jets was a way to get to Minnesota. So
0: he was extra mad. who knows. But again, at 40 plus, and Mackenzie, maybe you can look this up. You're doing a good job today. Is who has had the best seasons? I know Breeze had one year as a 40-year-old. Mm-hmm. That was his last year. And but he was good the whole time. He had wasn't falling off I agree. before. I agree. But I'm saying there's two ways to be pessimistic about this. One is just the raw age. Right, mm-hmm. even if he had a good year last year, it's like at a certain point people stop playing well, and Tom Brady is the only exception to that. And you're making the case that he fell off the cliff last year. Well, he's dropped from one or two to like thirteen to. 15. He's
1: kind of hanging from the cliff. He's like he's like Ace Jack, and he's about to fall off the cliff where he becomes Ace Nine.
0: So this metaphor is he's on the cliff, but he's playing poker.
1: I've always heard in poker, ace ace king, you're at the top of the cliff, ace queen, you're at the edge, ace jack, you're hanging from the cliff, and ace 10, you fall into the ground. What about
0: ace jack suited?
1: It's kind of like you're on the edge of the cliff. Yeah.
0: Someone's
2: Um, giving you a hand and pulling
0: it up. (laughs) Okay, this is (laughs) interesting. This is interesting. So, quarterback career, uh, career wins older than 40. He has 55 wins. And other than that, the most is 15 wins. Is that Warren Moon? No. Earl Morrell. Moral. What was he, from Baltimore? Was he like the Johnny... I think he replaced Johnny Unitas, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right about this? Yeah. All right. The Baltimore Colts, 1968. All right. All
1: right. Um... You know, Vinny Testaverde is is the alien, so he's the guy that never was all that good and suddenly was okay when well, he was he got 40. with Parcells
0: and stuff, yeah. right? And then Drew Brees. So think about it. These are the number of wins past 40, all right? Uh, Vinnie Testaverde at 10. We talked about the 15 from the Johnny United's replacement. Then we got Testaverde at 10. Then we got Breeze at 9. Then Mark Brunel at 7. Steve DeBerg. A- AFC title game. He Renown. didn't even uh, – Steve DeBerg, I remember him limping around San Francisco, seven. Doug Flutie, drop kick in and six wins, and Warren Moon was six. He, was he City And Mar- Brett Favre only really had four wins after the – so all this was before 40 for Favre, all the rigmarole we've been talking about.
3: It's fun, I, I'm seeing different numbers for Warren Moon. You said he had six wins after age 40? Mm-hmm. Football, pro, football data, or pro football reference says he had seven wins his
2: 41-year-old season in Seattle. Yeah, and Brett Favre, was they went 12-4 and when he was 40 years old at uh, Minnesota. All right, so this
0: is—I never liked this site, the stat muse, but McKenzie seems to like it for some reason. Um, Less now.
2: Five and eight. No, but maybe it uh,
0: was—you see, oh, you say after the age of 40, but are we sure that's what it came? I'm guessing it maybe is the 40-year-old year. year. All right, so why why don't we do this, McKenzie? Why don't you get the right information?
2: Oh, yeah, maybe if you change that to 39, Brett Favre then jumps up to 13. Because so yeah, there, there yeah.
0: is a debate about how to think about the forty-year-old. Were you forty year. before the season started to, to turn forty? Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But we're talking about, if anything, the optimistic views an extra couple months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so now, how old is is um Rogers right now? Like, let's look at his exact age and his birthday, and we can put him a little steeper on the age curve because of the psychedelic drug use. But yeah, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, this guy. He's 30—when's he turn 40?
2: December 2nd. So
0: okay, so in season. the middle of the season. Okay, so this would be his age 39 year, effectively. Yes. The yeah. way he's going to suck next year. I this don't is, know. He's I got a
1: one-year one chance. He
0: might be
2: okay But he's position. reunited with Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, yes.
0: Um, but the, the year— And I, Alan Lazard. So re- you, what you were saying is we're praying as Jets fans that we get the second year from Rodgers at $60 million.
2: I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying if you get the second year from Rodgers, then – the first round pick doesn't matter cuz you're not you, you don't need the quarterback
1: except if he's bad it's even worse unless he plays like Earl Moore
2: if that's the well that's the worst case scenario is the Brett Favre situation the jets are 8 and 3 everything looks great but then he gets hurt that's not the worst case the worst case is he's like the 22nd best quarterback i'm saying quarterback. the worst case scenario would be if the jets miss the playoffs this year the worst case is he's, and, he's Kenny Stabler playing for the Aaron Oilers Rogers, and he's and got Aaron that Rogers white beard and he
1: can't throw the ball down the field Right, AJ? That'd be bad. I think the
3: worst case scenario... That was like a, was like a staring contest. Who was going to quit talking? And they <laughs> kept going and go... go. The, the worst case scenario is like week 10. People are like, maybe Zach Wilson's not that bad. <gasps> like,
2: <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say? If the Jets... No, I hear if you. If the know. Jets missed the playoffs...
3: optimistic.
0: If the Jets th- th- missed the playoffs... The next year.
2: And their first round pick would have been a top 10 first round pick. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back. And now you're left with no quarterback and no first round pick? That's a disaster.
0: But other than him becoming the second quarterback in history to play elite into these this mm-hmm. age, this is there any other scenario that this isn't a net negative?
1: Yes, because he doesn't have to be elite. He can be Peyton Manning for
0: Denver, and, well, and I mean the rest of the Jets team's good. Let's not say Peyton Manning for Denver. Let's yeah. say one to thirty-two. All right. The best—if he has a normal drop-off, let's say his aging and his desire evens out this year, and he's the exact same quarterback he was last year. Oh, I think Jets can win Then the games. Jets are going to the playoffs. Yeah. But Jets
2: were a seven-win team last year with no quarterback.
0: But, None. Fez, you're the one with a, a fallacy now. You Maybe you're right about it, but the question doesn't change. That microtransaction, was it a good one or wasn't it? Mm. And my th- point is, for 60 mil, you could—I mean, how much better is Aaron Rodgers going to be than Jimmy G? Like what we would None. expect from? would be the same. That's what I would think, we, right? We, who would you who would you bet straight up? Well, Aaron Rodgers I mean, doesn't get hurt as much, so yeah, yeah, that's a good. Point. Maybe Jimmy G and Trey Lance. You throw a third in or a yeah. fourth. You get Trey Lance, and then you get Jimmy G. Reunite them. You
1: got a higher ceiling. So would you take last year with who with 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 Aaron Rodgers if he turns back time? <laughs> okay,
2: would you, if Aaron Rodgers does exactly what he did last year? Are the Jets better?
1: Oh, oh for yeah. sure. Big
2: yes. Guy. The numbers even speak for themselves. Aaron Rodgers' numbers last year, as bad as they were compared to Aaron Rodgers the years before, are better than well, the all Jets the Jets quarterbacks Well, The quarterbacks combined.
0: sucked. So, AJ, then I got an analogy.
2: Yeah, and then that's, that's why the Jets had to overpay here because no, at,
3: at this point in the game, well, what was the alternative?
0: But, but they, they, this has been their ambition the whole time. Nobody but, else wanted Rodgers. Well, who knows? But I slow down a second. Here's the analogy. If you're in a house with no furnace one winter, and it's a cold winter, and it's a New York, Jersey winter. Green Bay. Okay. Now, you're cold. You get rheumatism. You ever hear rheumatism?
2: rheumatism? Like rheumatoid arthritis?
0: Yeah, it's like they call it rheumatism. <laughs> okay. Now, you go into the city, and they got some rat-infested thing in Hell's Kitchen, and it's, but it's got a furnace, and they want 7000 a month for it. Is the answer, hey, at least we have a furnace, man. We, we're going to be better off than last year. Or is the answer, we're getting screwed on this deal. We got a hundred places that is, has a furnace. We just picked a bad one, though. Like, there's a bunch of people that would have been better than Wilson. They got the most expensive one with the least horizon of potential success. Well said. Anyone disagree? I don't mean to put it down. But do they
2: sell tickets and jerseys?
0: <laughs> but you know what's sad? They're selling. They did all this great drafting, mm-hmm. right? You got the running back Hall, the, you know that had the injury. You got the receiver. You, you got the cornerback. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team had a hell of a draft last year. I'm not. What do you think of the coach? I'm not a big fan.
2: I think this agent. I kind of talked about this on SOVAM. This this might be the make or break year for him. Because Joe Douglas is going into—this is now Joe Douglas, the general manager. This will be his fourth draft. Okay, the first draft did not go well. <laughs> second draft, eh. The third draft was a home run. Well, so what, what
0: was the Ryan Wilson draft? Was that the first one? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, yeah.
2: Sorry, thank you. No, that was the second draft. So I didn't hear you say disaster at any point. Yeah. So, but the, the third draft was a home run. And so now this is his fourth draft. This team is good enough now— To make the playoffs. I agree. If they do not, it's obviously an indictment on somebody and who's going to be the fall guy for that. Probably the head coach.
0: Here's my question. If they had just gotten, even someone is, I don't know how good Mac Jones is. Maybe we can question. I mean, because obviously he looked good after his first year. Let's say Mac Jones turns out to be the 15th best quarterback in the NFL, which I think is possible. I'd say his over-under is a little worse than that right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jets make the playoffs with him that guy that I mean that's pretty much what you got with Rodgers just for another year yeah they went 9 or 10 games yeah so to me this is such a disaster you're giving up a likely a first round pick you you're paying 120 million over 2 years and the picks, and the and number two, these twos are like
1: gold. Is this the one unprotected? Also, I mean, if if Rogers, there's no
0: protect. You can't protect them. Yeah.
1: NFL. Yeah. So 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 if um, if the he gets wheels hurt come off after like
0: 85. Well, if he or... gets hurt, they won't play. He won't
1: play two thirds. But, but, but... He, he plays. exactly – He gets hurt late
2: in the year. Yes. He gets hurt. He gets hurt mid year. Yes, he, hurt.
1: He, 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 yes. hurt he keeps gutting it out. He sucks. He gets old. They win four games, and then they they're picking
0: third in the draft. And let's not forget the NFL defenses are so much less predictive. Year to year than offenses, and a lot of people say if you look at like smart people's top ten off defenses coming in the year, it's often. None of them were in the top ten the year before. Like, there's always a sense that there's a lot of luck involved. There's turnover. There's whatever defense just isn't as predictable. Defense and special
1: teams, unless Justin Tucker is kicking for you, are
0: completely you got two unpredictable. Justin Tucker comments. Um, He's God. So, so to me, but not a high value position. And, <laughs> and again, another reason you don't have a lot of punters getting drafted, et cetera. I think it's a disaster, and I think they sold out a great potential. I mean, like. Let's say, let's say Aaron, I mean, you know, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, the odds are against that.
2: It worked for the Bucks and it worked for the Rams. <laughs> it's Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. The copycat. It's a copycat league, and so they're copying what, what 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 has worked. Let's face it. Everything went right for 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 the Bucks, and everything went
3: right for the Rams. For well, them the Rams. The Super Rams Bulls. traded for a quarterback that was in his prime. That still. was my point. Yeah. I mean, he was at the end.
0: Of, I mean, in hindsight, it looks like he was more banged up than we thought. But he's a top ten guy.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're right. I thought the Stafford trade was a great trade. I mean, if. You want to talk a disaster, and we'll just take a minute with this and move on, the Trey Lance situation. <laughs> Again? I mean, it, it's like apparently they're saying they're begging for a three. They want a three so bad. And I'm thinking three first-round
4: pick? No, a three. <laughs> How you feeling there, Mackenzie? I think that's false. I think that's a false report you just made there. I don't think they're begging for a three. I think they're taking calls. Oh, my and God. And they are wait, wait, not so, exactly so eager you, to get rid of like Trey Lance. So now you believe
0: the NFL Insiders report that looked like it was written by the PR
4: agent for the 49ers. I just think that's more likely, even if I didn't hear any reports, if I was just looking at from a thousand foot view, but, that's why I think's but going on. If they weren't looking to trade him, why would they make it public that they're taking calls? They're open to trading him because okay. Brock Purdy is the guy.
0: You know, in a way, you know how George Cassandra said, If I believe it, it's not a lie. Mm-hmm. It's like in a way, Mackenzie's so delusional, you, you can't really beat him. He just he's lost. It. The most important game of all, that of reality. But from there on, he can't lose another one.
3: But he did just say Brock Purdy's the guy. Like, he, he, like he is admitting that Trey Lance is not the quarterback that the 49ers prefer to have. Well, how could he be? I, you would have had a hard time convincing him of that a year ago.
0: Yeah, but if Purdy dies in a car wreck, the next and we hope he doesn't. The next, maybe that was a little gruesome. If he has, a,
3: if he has a catastrophic elbow injury in the playoffs, oh, oh he did. Oh, oh, oh. And
0: why do he go? Why do he go seventh round? Small, <laughs> yeah, small. smallish. Hmm. But that doesn't matter anymore, right? Look how good the other small. See. Well, actually, no. Huh. Okay, um, moving on. NBA talk. This will be a chance to let McKenzie, we'll say, we won't say redeem himself, we'll say enter reality because I'll tell you this his NBA, he's impressed me lately. Hello Fresh is now part of the pregame podcast network, part of the dream preview. The thing about this is, if in, listen, especially if you're at home and you don't have the wife. Now, AJ, you've got the wife cooking for you. I do. That means nice. she won't use HelloFresh. Because here's the thing about that. When you cook every day and it's good, it's a hassle. I grew up in an Italian family. They would be cooking all day Sunday. <laughs> and then there'd be something like, where's the salami at? You know? It's th- and then to think you got to do it again the next day. So to me, this HelloFresh is good for single guys, single gals. But it's also, for families that have even a stay-at-home mother, sometimes she wants to do a little less. And what does HelloFresh do for you? Well, you get the ingredients, not cooked, but cut up, proportioned, separated. It's almost like you have your own sous chef. Would that be a way to say it, you think?
3: I think that's a great way to say
0: it. It's like, imagine uh, like if you bought some... <clears throat> The assistant that just followed you around with every knife possible and every type of Tupperware you've ever seen. And at any time you go, You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking fish. And you hear chop, 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 chop. And all of a sudden you got every, oh, look, there's, um, what is that that goes with fish sometimes? Tartar sauce? Tartar sauce? Oh. <laughs> or, yeah, let's say tartar sauce, as Mr. Burns would say. Imagine you say, I want the garlic. It's like it's there, it's magical you think about it a lot of people go to the grocery store you got to get in the car drive there deal with the masses let's be honest the masses sometimes uh, you know better be, better to avoid sometimes i like i'm a man of the people but you know sometimes but a lot of people get the food delivered now so you might think oh it's well first of all what's the fees on the delivery they're not nothing but then the thing about these proportioned servings and that little guy with the knife and getting it all exactly right. You get exactly the right amount of ginger. That's what I was thinking of, ginger. The, exactly the right amount of whatever. And there's nothing sadder than like a broccoli that you used half of for your broccoli raw, let's say. And the other half is wilting in the fridge. And then it starts to be a little puddle in the bag. You know what I'm mm. talking about? None of that. None of that with HelloFresh. HelloFresh. When it comes to the preparation, I'll be candid, I'm pretty good in the in the kitchen, but I'm a specialist. I'm not I don't have a bunch of things I can cook. I cook my clam sauce, for example, but I don't know, I don't wouldn't even know how to poach an egg. The beauty of this kind of thing is yeah, if, it's not like you have to use HelloFresh for every meal. You're going to do your own thing, maybe sometimes. But when you do HelloFresh, you don't need to have this depth of knowledge about how to prepare it. The instructions are clear. All the prep work is done. And the variety. Over 40 recipes, 100 seasonal snack items. I mean, you don't get tired of it. You don't have to be an expert chef. You don't have the hassles of the grocery store. And the tips and all that involved. I don't think you're allowed tipping HelloFresh. I don't think they'd ask for it. I'm just gonna make that up right now. (laughs) You can't tip them, it's against state, in some states, I think. And you know what I have found particularly positive is the snacks. Because to me, when I sit down, if I'm hungry, hungry for dinner, I eat too much. But if I have a couple snacks or a snack throughout the day, it's better. Well, let's be candid. Potato chips aren't good. I I don't even like the taste of them. A lot of snack food I don't like. There's such a variety here. You you eat healthier because you have those options on hand. And I think that 100 seasonal snack items helps me eat less at dinner. But again, have a nice dinner, just not too much. And really, you think about it, the other comparison is takeout. If you want to stay home, listen, you want to go out, you go out, you have fun most people don't go out all the time i actually went west of paradise for the first time i think since covid today going to the MG. <laughs> <laughs> but what we know for sure is takeout gets old it's expensive this is a nice addition and it's really a new addition right meaning the idea of the stuff prepared and it being there for you to cook when you want it, fresh when you want it, it's, it, it. It was a rethinking of the whole model of how to eat. And to me, it's a welcome addition into that. I'll call it a solution base, you know, because, you know, me being sated, my, eating the proper food and it's not even eating it. I want to enjoy it. That's important. There's been a lot of man hours spent on that by a lot of people. <laughs> Go to HelloFresh.com slash RJ50. And use the code RJ50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships absolutely free. That's HelloFresh.com slash RJ50. The web address is HelloFresh.com slash RJ50, promo code RJ50 for 50% off, and your shipping is absolutely free with your first box. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Hey guys, this is RJ Bell, Dream Preview. Now, a lot of you have listened, and you know what? If you've listened, you know what I'm saying is true. And if I, if it wasn't true, if it wasn't true, I couldn't say it, right? Because all the listeners would say, hey, that's not true. But it is true, and you know it now, and he, you know what's true? You know it now, and you know what's true is we are different. How are we different? Do we win more? Yeah, but you know what? That's not the thing to make it about because even a great show can have bad streaks, can have bad seasons. It's not about making easy money. There is no easy money in sports gambling. There might be easy bets here or there, but you don't know till the bet's over which ones are easy. What you get with the dream preview is confidence. Confidence, you know what you need to know to make the right decision. And you know what? Right decisions win. Sometimes they lose sometimes. But when you make that right decision, you know you've done what you can do. Trust the process. And I think, in fact, I know the Dream Previews process leads to more winning and more confidence than any other podcast in sports betting. Check it out if you haven't. See, when you're at 56% for two years, you get, you get your theme song coming in, Fez. You know about this kind of thing.
4: Mackenzie Rivers, how's your NBA going? 57% this year, 57% last year. Well, you, you didn't have to, like, struggle for that. No. Okay, so how's the playoffs going? Uh, my record's good. For some reason, I keep oh, in. Instead of just giving the number, what's the numbers? I don't have the exact number. I know oh, I'm. Plus, oh, that's
0: convenient. I'm plus zero
4: yeah. units. I've been pushing money around. So you haven't lost. Yes. All right. So f- pretty good, Fez.
0: Well, I mean, what I'm saying is, 57, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the big samples, the key there. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, there's been what four bets or so. How many bets have you made in the playoffs so far? Oh, a bunch. Fifteen. So you're like super. Fifteen. How many games has there been? Like thirty. You've bet half the games.
4: Damn. One or two bets a day. It's even what about happens when a young.
0: It doesn't. It matters how many games there are, not how many True. days it's going. More about. prop, more props widely available. So yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, by the way, at the end of this, I have a monster prop best bet. You can have this if you want. First, though, what's the main takeaways? I mean, it would seem injuries. It would seem uh, obviously Giannis and his status. You could make the case in Bede's injury a big deal. I mean, the Golden State looked to be dead. Now, what's the current odds on that one?
4: Uh, Warriors minus 270. Okay, so what did, was that about the line coming into the playoffs?
1: Yeah. A little little, little less. It's gone up a little. Yeah, bit. it was
4: minus 275 consensus at open. Okay. Now after game four, and the injury to Fox is minus 270. So that would be my point. If it wasn't for the Fox injury, you would expect this to go down just because when you have home
0: court, two out of three is better than four out of seven. Yeah, right, right after the,
4: game four, it was minus 190. Then the
1: market moved four points for oh, game okay. five. It went from pick to, to minus four.
0: So, if anything, the 240 went to 190 before the injury announcement, which says, one, it's
4: two out of three home, but also the fact Sacramento has been able to play yep. toe-to-toe with them. In Look at the game one line. It was pick them. Game five line before the injury, Kings were favored by one and a half. And, and the current number? Uh, now that Fox is going to play, it's back to Warriors are still favored. They're favored by one and a half. And the theory is it's he's, he's going to be limited. Yes. Mm. Okay. So
0: the, the NBA has LeBron versus Steph in their sights. Mm. So close. Right there, guys. Here's my main takeaway. You've had some super disappointing results specifically. Now, what we have is teams that are high, uh, home court advantage – down 3-1, entering game five. That's actually not a common like the last time that there's been three of those even in a whole season was like back in 2012 if I remember correctly and I was looking at it today and we got three of them in the first round. I mean this is unusual and I think each of these games it's kind of interesting right? So um, and we're talking now about Wednesday's games but I'm surprised that Cleveland is such a big favorite. So, what do you see right now? And what was Game One?
4: Uh, for the game or for the series or both? We're
0: talking game about One game was Cleveland one? minus
4: five, and now it's Cleveland minus five and a half. Game Two was Cleveland minus five and a
1: half, and Game Five is Cleveland minus five and a half.
0: Okay, so it's hard to say that Cleveland hasn't been a disappointment. That 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 you look at like what were the assumptions coming into this uh, playoff round? And or the the series, and it was going to be, hey, New York's a good story. We're not, and 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 let's be honest, Randall hasn't had a good, terrible, almost uh, as bad as his last playoff. So run. the theory is, if Randall turns around at all, like where's and and oh god, I, I always on mental blocks. They, they traded for uh, Cleveland did traded for uh, Donovan Mitchell? Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell from Utah, right? So yep. is Mitchell's played really well in that net?
4: Wouldn't you say? I mean, he had a couple monster games. That's the thing. He played he played a monster game in Game 1. In Game 4, the last game they lost, he was terrible. He was okay, well, 5 for 18. In Game 3, Game 2, I mean, how's, how's he done for the series based on expectations? Slightly below expectations. 23 a game. Bad shooting. What's, what's bad shooting? Let me get his exact percentage. Yeah, just the bad shooting. Like, the McKenzie sense that I don't like his shooting doesn't cut it. For me. 43%, which is actually above his career playoff average. Okay,
0: so maybe I I don't think you could make too much of a point that it was, I think my point of him having a good series probably was too shaded by one, uh, game one. But I guess what I'm saying is what changes? Like, you can't expect a ton more from him. I mean, he could have a monster game. What is, like, I believe the following. They peg these lines in the first game, and no matter what they see, they don't want to move off that peg. I agree with that. And I believe sometimes you might say, but R.J., don't you always say don't overreact to the uh, you know short-term variance? Yeah, but the NBA seven-game series, as there's move, counter-move, counter-move. At a certain point, there's a reality to the series, yep. and and it strikes me that I don't see anything that makes Cleveland other than them having to win. But a must-win to me can be a negative if it's a bunch of pressure. If you're trying to avoid a disaster. Some teams don't do well with that, right? Conceptually, I agree with everything
1: you're saying, but I think Cleveland's going to kill this team. Why? Because we had 81 games, 82 games, and Cleveland wasn't better. They were much better. Significantly better team. They were like plus, their points per game differential was like three uh, points better.
0: Under that rationale, Fez, you would have had to love them before the series more than now. Because well, they were priced seen, and they were a minus two ten favorite in the but, series. But all so. we've seen, but, but
1: game one was five. We've seen four games and we've seen four convincing wins, one by Cleveland and three by New York. Mm-hmm. So now now the question is how how much are you going to wait that, that that surplus of two games. So games one and two, you know, cancel. So games three and four in New York were both solid wins by the Knicks. Okay, so, that's that's your data.
0: But if the line goes up from five to five and a half between game one and game five, you don't have to explain if there's any advantage Knicks. It seems like that equals value, oh, I think the zigzag of it of of the better team
1: down one three off of off of a game. not only did they not did they lose, but they they failed to cover by. You know, like nine points and or eight points in that game, and so the bigger a team doesn't cover in the ga- in a game before where they lose, the more I'm inclined. I, I we can run this, I guess. I, I I think if a team fails to cover by like 15, they're a great bet against the spread the next game. Now, maybe you could argue that's because you're getting value on the point spread, which I'm clearly so if not only, getting if here.
0: Only they could have games after the series are over in a team like sweeps. If only the, the Philly, the uh, Brooklyn could play again, we could bet them. <laughs> I I just think that the
1: Knicks are already targeting Game Six to to, to win the series, and they're playing with house money. I think they're going to get
4: drilled in this game by the better team. The better team. Well, I'm surprised at this. I, w- I would have agreed. I would have thought what you thought, but apparently, if you lose by 15 in the playoffs, the next game you're only 47 percent ATS. It's a 500 game sample. So really?
0: In in in, th- I've seen this a lot. Which is, and the question is, what's a lo- what's a lot? You know, whatever is if you lose. And by less than a certain amount, it's going to be a good thing for the next game. So so look at the same thing, but say let, let's just do – you lost, but the ATS margin was – uh, or the straight-up margin was less than 15. Mm. And that one's going to be strong mm. is my guess. But there are – it is if you show just – because it, just think about it. 52%. Yeah. If a team just crushes you – and You're like, that's great, boys. We got them right where we want them. I mean, that can't be either, right? It's a, the theory is unless the market overreacts to that, yeah. But but, if but they anything, clearly haven't, they, have it they here. go opposite, right? So I feel like that New York has.
4: St- I don't know if Cle- what's Cleveland's next move if 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 the playoffs are about making moves, what is Cleveland's next move? I don't know. Yeah, in game two, Darius Garland became the main guy, Donovan Mitchell went to the bench or went to the side a little bit, and they won that game. But since then, in New York. They had no answers, and what do you make of the fact that they've played eight games, the Knicks and the Cavs, so far this season? Knicks are six and two ATS, six and two straight up, covering by six points a game. Like, imagine if the
0: key players played in the regular season. They did. A lot of time.
4: Okay. Yeah. I, I I tell
0: you, I like, and I think Cleveland's starting to second guess themselves. They didn't make a move at the de- the thin, mm. you know. They let the, and Bill Simmons talks about this. They let Love go to Miami. Why? It was a buyout. I don't know. Yeah, they could use them in the series. And and it seems like they're thin inside, and they don't have that sc- that last score. You know, maybe I'm biased, because I bet huge
1: on Cleveland Game 2. Mm-hmm. In a similar situation. Must win at home, and they blasted New York in that game. And I'm like, oh, I, I got the same game. I can play Game 5 here, so I'm fun,
0: But you have two more games... Well, why don't we bet no vig amongst ourselves? I would love to. Okay, so um, so what's I'll ta- the-
1: I'll lay the vig. I'll lay five and a half minus a dollar ten. You want to go dime? Wow. So so is is Vito on this? I'm I'm on this, and hmm. I'm twenty and ten in the NBA this year,
4: <laughs> and I hit sixty six percent small seeing? volume the year before. What are we saying? So I'm overconfident. So mm-hmm. bookmakers at minus five. Rest of the market minus five and a half. I'll take it.
0: So I, the bookmaker wins on my side. Exactly. All right. So you're betting eleven hundred to win. Th- How's this? I'll, you can do a thousand fifty to win a thousand. You got it. All I'm gonna right? I'm gonna text this here for you. Here we go. What do you? When yeah. have I? <laughs> I know. When have I ever not paid a bet? I
1: don't. Just, I, I get confused uh, with. I okay. get confused with the okay. uh, with the vigs and stuff. Here we go.
3: hmm
0: Just a reminder. Who are you liking that, AJ? <sighs> No one
3: cares. Oh, I'm sorry. I He's don't a Cleveland have, guy. I am a Cleveland guy. I, I like that, but I've also been disheartened by the efforts that I've seen from them. So, like Fez, I had a bias coming into the series. I did too. I I almost bet Cleveland in the series, but I've been disgusted by what I've seen from them.
1: I nope. would, now the old RJ would say now isn't the time to like like get. Well, s- let me s- ask some you, volume?
0: what's been my biggest bet in the playoffs, Fez? It was Sacramento in Game Two, wasn't it? Oh, I'm I sorry, know. Van or oh, right, Vancouver, Memphis in Game Two. Right? Ah
1: yes, right? yes. You Th- wanted to get a diamond. I only got you a nickel. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. But what
0: everyone was saying was, everyone was saying was, oh, this is now they can't win. They they lost Adams. They lost the other big guy. Now they don't Clark. have a Jaw. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly when the Lakers are going to be flat, and exactly when they're going to step up. And you know what? I'm usually happy to take that that last uh, hit off the cigar, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know that Warren Buffett thing. I I just think that this team's demoralized. I real I think Cleveland's like, how do they win from here? I mean, I'm hearing like when a guy like Simmons again, he knows his NBA. When he said he went like eight and one on his uh, season win totals this year. I mean, he knows his NBA. He said, I don't see any way the 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 Cleveland wins this series. Like he says, he can't envision how it would happen. Now, how could that be? We should
1: lay minus. What is it? We don't have to lay like six twenty on New York, right? It's six twenty. It's at half.
0: Oh, you can get minus five hundred. Minus five hundred. There's no way it could happen. Well, but again, I'm not saying that's true. But I'm saying the fact that he doesn't. Wow, this this Suns Clippers was crazy. So it was tied, and the Clippers was up. Then Suns went up by like fourteen. Now it's two with a minute twelve left. It's a crazy game. Boston blew a
1: thirteen point lead with six minutes to play as a thirteen point. And the Bucks were. I don't think they've done that all. I don't think they've done that all
4: year long. Wow. Trey. I don't think the, the Celtics were up double digits and with six minutes to play and lost. What were you going to say? The Bucks were up twelve with six minutes to go as well and lost by five. It's the Suns in this game that we're watching, thirty-three to seven run at one point in the third. This quarter. is why
1: I don't this do well, well in we, live wagering. Betting. The NBA is not like other sports. In like it, 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 it's just like you can have like a crushing edge and
0: lose all the time. And they, I game. want the Clippers to win, and then I want Kawhi to come back. Hmm. Did you hear about his uh his sister? He, I did. So his sister apparently's got life in prison. For now, what? Uh, again, this is what the reporting that she murdered or killed a woman in a bathroom. Was it in V. Va- I think what? it was in Reno. Reno. I shot a man in Reno just to watch him <laughs> die.
4: <laughs> Johnny Cat.
0: <Cash. laughs> I mean, it's kind of a moot point with Kawhi because they are now eliminated. 136, 130, the Suns win. Boy, that Suns team was limping to the finish line, Faz limping. You know, for um, as
1: depleted as the Clippers were, the Suns were not impressive in the series.
0: No, they have like two and a half players. Chris Paul is like, half the time he plays okay. Aiden is all right at this point. And you got, I mean, let's be honest, Durant's awesome. Booker's darn good. But, oh, he's he's playing great. Mm. But I don't see two-man teams usually win it. But they, need, they need Aiden to step it up. Yeah, I, I, you know what this is going to feel like to me, this series that is coming up, Denver and Phoenix? It's going to be a lot like the Spurs and the Cavs. Oh, no, I would be Spurs and the Heat, I guess it was. Oh, but, you that, got a team? Yeah. Against some individuals that are and, like glued together. And you got like Boris Diaw 3.0 with, with, with no, no Joker. Depth, no depth uh for phoenix yes, yeah just like miami no depth i agree i mean i think i think this is a situation Good analogy. and and let's be honest i mean kevin durant's 50 50 to get hurt during the series yeah i mean let's, you know, let's uh,
3: and chris paul hasn't gotten hurt yet at all he's way overdue i think he's hurt from old age he might be, well yeah i mean he, chris
4: paul's felt like he's 40 since he was 20 how are you feeling about that bat? I feel good about it. Uh, Suns are plus one hundred and fifty to win the West. Nuggets are plus three hundred. That's kind of how I assess it going in. And no, you like you you like Phoenix to win the series. Yeah, and and that's the have, opposite of what they have half the odds RJ to win said. the West. Yeah, so I feel good about it.
0: Yeah. So, but uh, so what did we bet A plus plus one hundred and eighty or something? Yes. Yeah. So I feel pretty good. Hey, it's an interesting bet. I mean, I think we all know the Suns are overrated. I mean, like. In general, if you had to bet the Suns every game or, or, or fade them every game. I'm going to bet against them. I think so, for sure. Yeah, because people are adding their ind- individual
1: components. I think is what's happening with the valuation, not realizing that Durant just isn't meshing right
4: at this time with the rest of the team. I do 12-1. I do What are they like the spread? Better than 500.
0: Hmm.
4: You mad? No. I do like
0: the fact that the NBA doesn't let the clippers of the world win it meaning they don't let meaning the the truth of the sport does value teamwork it does value cohesion over time because if i remember right Mackenzie, and i don't know if you're anti-cohesion but if i remember you were a huge clippers fan that first year You you were making crazy excuses like there was some guy I never heard of. You said he missed this game and I, I think
4: Reggie Jackson was a no, look those splits.
0: I even knew him, but I mean it was like it might have been one of the Moore's brothers.
4: Oh, you know what? Might it was, have been Zubak or somebody. It was the fact that Montres Hero was playing. Oh. I'm like, that's messing him up. Once they kick him out, they're gonna be back to To be fair, back that guy
1: does like things to hurt
0: the team that don't yeah, score. He doesn't up play box score. Anymore. They throw him away. Yeah. yeah.
4: Okay.
0: <laughs> and then all the other years they failed, well, that was another conversation. <laughs> exactly. But you look at, I mean, let's be honest, Golden State, I don't love that team. I'm not like a fanboy like AJ is, but they're a team, you know? And, and to me, that they feel like the old Celtics could play, you know, these 80s Celtics could play the Golden State. Meaning it feels like they'd be a similar type, you know, they're both teams. You know, I'm not talking about era versus era or whatever. And you look at the, the let's be honest, Brooklyn, strikeout. I like the the potential, but strikeout. Trust the process. Clippers strike out. Yeah, yeah. That's so a good far. Point too. If you if you go against the karma and you and you you want to try to lose, same hanky style. No. Instead, I like it. The Spurs win titles. Celtics
1: do very well every year, you yeah. know, building building up with them, you know, for the most part, you know, the, uh, just with what they got.
0: So are, do you feel like as you mature, Mackenzie, you you may start to appreciate teamwork more? Or are you
4: just always gonna be about like the it's almost like a rotisserie type? I'm not anti-teamwork, but I do think I bristle at, you know, just the uh the idea that cohesion is everything. I, I think, you know, talent is a lot of it. Yeah, but usually the
0: teams that have cohesion also value talent, but the teams that Put talent on an altar. Don't seem to value cohesion at all. You wouldn't make that trade. Lakers did win a championship. COVID. Yeah, but but you could make the case LeBron brought. Oh, I mean, I mean, he wanted AD, and it was like, it, I don't know, something about that didn't feel as mercenary to me because they were clutch teammates for years. So that counts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like. I'm not a big LeBron guy. I don't. I don't understand exactly. If he slept with your, your sister or something in Chicago. I think he's overrated. I know, I know. But it, what I'm saying is it did feel, I think in a way it was because AD never, he was stuck in New Orleans and, and, and it's like, obviously they
4: don't do much. I mean, again, now they seem to be doing all right. How does New Orleans just lose superstars and just keep playing winning ball? There's a theory that they spend all their money, it's the same group that owns the Saints. They spend all their money on the physical training staff for the Saints and no money on the Pelicans. And that's why people get hurt. Yeah. and that and that's extending to AD in LA. They have the thirtieth out of thirty training staff. Is the mm-hmm. okay. once do your body's beat do? up, the Pelicans do.
0: So, but AD's oh, okay. been away from the Pelicans for like five. bad habits. He brought in the bad habits with him. Okay. Once your body starts to break down, it doesn't get better. AD does seem to get hurt every other game. When I'm watching, he's yeah. like holding his back. He's like, so what's his current status health wise? Because I think the line. On this game is crazy. I mean, it seems like the Grizzlies are. Uh, Jaw didn't talk to pr- the press after the game, most recent game. I think one other, or the guy that's been dogging LeBron, Dylan Brooks. He never talks to the media. Mm. No, he's. I mean, that can't be the case. He, he'd get fined every
3: game. He, you have to talk to the media. So you're saying he never talks to the media? I'm saying that team often has guys answer questions for Dylan Brooks. But then, but he must be getting
0: fined. L- hmm. Look up to see what his fines are. But either way, when he's not answering questions, and then you got Jaw, you know, who knows what, packing heat, whatever, not answering questions, I can't believe this team is feeling too good right now. And the line is higher in this Game 5 than it was in Game 1. I don't understand it. The only thing I can worry about is ADs. Held. Hip, probable for game five. That means he's not even going to play. And, and, and the line's what, five and a half?
4: What are we seeing? One and a half, right? One and a half? Memphis. No, Grizzlies minus four.
1: Oh, minus
0: four?
4: Yeah. Oh, I got it wrong. And what was game one? It's funny. It's minus two for about 90% of the betting window, but it closed four. A lot of money came in on the Memphis right before game one. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, think about that a second. If you say that late money is valid, yeah, it is. But in general, you could make the case it's a little less than that because it was so long out there without getting bet at three or whatever, that this line's higher, effectively. I mean, worst case, it's tied. So what could it? Be? Similar to the to the Cavs series, where like e- e- despite That's the my fact point. that
1: this the like always... it's all anchored to the the the, the, the pre flop expectations on the series, and the market's not going to react to four games.
0: But wouldn't you say the Grizzlies have underperformed more than anyone? And plus, we're seeing now that with just Jackson inside, they are having trouble. I mean, it seems like the Lakers have just a a
1: fundamental advantage. I I would have liked to have seen the overtime. I I only saw LeBron tie the game. I didn't see what happened in the
0: overtime. If AD were 100%, I would say Lakers would be one of my
4: bigger bats of the year. You you have any thoughts on that? I lean Lakers. Anthony Davis only scored 12 points, but he wasn't a non-factor out there. Seven blocks and steals. Well, that was he hurt coming
0: in the game, or did he get hurt during the game?
4: He's always hurt, but, yeah, he, got, he aggravated his hip during the game. Okay. So, as of right now, who do you got in the finals? That would be Phoenix and Boston, the two favorites.
0: Okay. Um, now, Boston— ah!
1: Excuse uh, me.
0: Bless you, Fez. Thank you, Art. Uh, losing t- tonight's game really surprises me with Boston. Like, we were talking about— they would love to have gotten to Embiid a two or three, whatever amount of days now it's going to have to shift earlier because – He's resting. He's resting. I mean, they say he might not even play in game one if they had won this game. And they're at home. They got beat. They're up 13 with six minutes to play. Whew. And the line was what, 13? Yep. And a half. My gosh. Now, that the only reason I – I mean, why? how could that line go up other than the fact that I think other people were thinking about the motivation mm-hmm. here? Dejounte Murray was
4: suspended, the Hawks point guard.
0: But that's been for a couple days. Oh, but I guess that was since the open, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and they still won. Yep. How many points did Trey had tonight? Thirty
4: eight, including a game winner for the ages, including a thirty eight footer at the yeah. buzzer. Oh my!
0: Was he taunting the crowd? Oh yeah!
4: Oh yeah! Doing the burr. Yeah. Mm. The burr. I like because like you're because you're so cold because you're ice Trey Young,
0: huh? I, you know, it's so funny because if he, if they would have lost just one more game, and he would, you know, or if he had one or two more bad games, he might. have I mean, talk was he'd get traded, like forty-one they, and forty-one. I mean, so yep. it, maybe that's what makes great. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't want to root for him. I mean, he's not my kind of player. Plus, he doesn't even shoot that.
4: I mean, he shoots those bombs and will make them occasionally. Yeah, fourteen for thirty-three tonight. Average. <laughs> you know, a lot of points. Average efficiency. These days, it's—I mean, how many of those were threes? Thirteen. Okay. All right, so I need Mackenzie's a uh, couple tidbits from the expert. Tell us what we should be thinking about. I think we've seen the Celtics up 12, six minutes to go, lost. Suns were up 13, six minutes to go, almost lost. So you're reading the scoreboard. I think we have to think about the NBA in terms of a games of, of runs. That's why I like laying points with the favorites, because whoever wins is likely to have the last run. Because the other team's going to get desperate, and and we've seen three examples where it went the other way. The dog had the last run, and then two two of them they actually came back and won it. But points are less value less valuable than ever, and I think points. It's- are, let's let's be clear what we're saying. Points are less valuable than ever, meaning there's more
0: points being scored.
4: Yes, that's where it starts. Totals are way higher, ten percent higher than they were even three years ago. Whoever wins the game covers. Okay, so. What what is the number
0: on that this season right now? We talked about that last week. And Fez, any other closing observations from you?
1: Just that the market that narrative has gotten out enough that I've noticed a shortening of the money lines. That um,
0: just
1: since last week? It, it, uh, since I started paying attention to it a couple weeks ago. That
0: um, well, last week we had a long yeah. conversation about it. And yes,
1: it. and so I was looking like like hey, it lost tonight, but like Boston, for example, was a thirteen half point favorite. And they're only like only minus like 800 on the money line. That's a cheap money line for a 13 and a half point playoff favorite. They lost.
0: Okay. So you're saying that you that that right now and again we'd want to do a study on this to be more sure, but you're saying you're seeing a little depression in in the line in, in, in the, the money payback line. on the money line. Yes. Okay. Okay, it's going to be time for my best bet in a minute, but you've got an interesting stat on Giannis and specifically how he does against the
4: Heat. Yeah, last three years, Giannis, one of the best players in the league, scoring 30 points per game. 26 games against Bam Adebayo. That's regular season and playoffs. He's only averaging 20 points per game. It's a good matchup for him. It's a good matchup for the Heat. And if you look at the second worst team he scores against, it's a very similar matchup against the Raptors where Pascal Siakam plays a very similar role. I think it's just something that he struggles with and uh, expected How to would you
0: describe that role?
4: A big that's Able to guard point guards, because that's what Giannis's superpower is. He's a center. He's shaq size, but he can Euro-step and he can move. I'm sorry, he's not shaq size. No, he's not. No he <laughs> might be Shaq's you know, yeah. height. Well, but, Bam Adebayo doesn't do great guarding centers, but he's great. He's the best big against guarding point guards. He's
0: the most agile. So in the modern era. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, I don't know the Heat's deep roster, but I'm assuming they got some big lumbering guy like that is is their 11th man in case they play an old school, you know, a defensive specialist, I'm guessing, right? I don't know.
3: You don't Haslam, they drag him oh. off the bench. No. I guess Cody Zeller would be that guy.
4: <laughs> Haslam actually did play in, the, in the, a couple of games ago. That was funny. Oh, listen, it's a heat culture. They they keep it. Uh, they keep His it... first shot hit the side of the backboard. Ooh, <laughs> listen, Haslam. I
0: mean, I don't remember what year it was. <laughs> and he shot it from the top of the key. <laughs> Am, do, I, do I remember correctly? Do I remember Haslam was playing in the 2005 with Yeah, yeah. Wow. That was one of my favorite series. The referees were so biased against Dallas in that series. Oh, my God. Did Dwayne Wade get calls? It was crazy. All right. Well, here we go. It's time. It's time.
2: Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my
4: mind.
0: Under Jimmy Buckets. All right, moving on. No, it's that simple. Jimmy Butler, a.k.a. Jimmy Buckets, a.k.a. Jimmy Mother-Effin' Butler, I think that's what Chuck calls him, is the guy's Herculean at times. Now, it's interesting. He's going to go down as one of the greatest playoff players of this era, but he hasn't won a title, right? And if I'm not mistaken... He's won – he won what? One – did Miami win one or two games against the Lakers? I think they won two. So he's got two, you know. Again, I love him, his intensity. I'm just not sure – I guess he's old school. So people – I mean, so many of the old players love him. But what we know is his exertion of effort, his energy is he, – he leaves it all on the court. And we saw even in this game most recently – He put up a monster first quarter, and then I think he scored two points in the second quarter. And then he was even a little tired in the third quarter, but then he had one more push. Historically, when he puts up 40-plus, he has a really slow game the next game. And this one is one-day arrest only, and there's a venue change, right? So, I mean, you think about that. you got one-day arrest, and you're traveling from Miami to Milwaukee? not relaxing. And let's be honest with Laverna Shirley singing that song and when you you think he's going to sleep well? Haas and
1: fef and Corbin. exactly. <laughs> you might you could even steal this cuz it could be a blowout
0: and the, and both benches could empty in the fourth very quarter very easily. Cuz if anything yep. Jimmy Buckets needs some rest for the next one. I think I mean, and the number right now is 29 and a half. Yes. This is a monster. That's the highest it's been
1: all series. That seems way way and and especially with Milwaukee being an 11 and a half point favorite. Well, that's 11 and a half extra points. Milwaukee
0: gets that, butler doesn't play for that team. <laughs> so, how do I find these fans? Like, that's good, they're there in plain sight, and then I point at it. Well, you're
1: not doing XFL and USFL yes, and true. MLB, and <laughs> I like, like, like 18. No, I'm
0: sports. doing some MLB. I got a good Dude, system for MLB coming up, baby. I like this play a lot. All right, well, listen 57% in two years. I'll take it, best bet. And Fez, let's get a dime for me on this one. I'm on it. In the morning. I got the alarm. All right. right. Yeah. I take Johnny to school. I'm always up. Exactly. So to have Johnny press the button, tell him he can make it a thousand. I wonder is
1: that illegal? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, some, it's a violation of like, child labor laws. Something.
0: And...
4: <laughs> child labor Yeah.
0: John, I'm putting it, put my boy to work. Okay. Now you had one last question about uh, the Cavs. No, about the,
3: the Sixers. Oh, the right. Sixers. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I I remember at the beginning of the playoffs, I said it doesn't feel right that the Sixers were right there with the Bucks and Celtics all year. Bucks and Celtics were like basically plus three hundred to win the title. Both of them at the beginning of the of the playoffs. Sixers were what thirteen to one. It didn't fit to me. Now the Sixers have been sitting here. They're the only team safely in the second round. Yep. Has
4: the market started to respect Philadelphia in any way? Not at all, and it really shocks me because I only have these teams one point apart. But you can get the Celtics two to one to win the championship. Sixers eight and a half to one, better than four times the payout. I think it has everything to do with the narrative. Embiid's been hurt in the playoffs before; he's failed in the playoffs. So is Harden. But this team, you're looking at this year. Those numbers don't add up. Do this we should make be money closer.
1: betting on James Harden in the playoffs
4: to go deep? Exactly. That's the narrative. No, but ev- everybody seems willing to bet on Chris Paul. Do you make money betting on Chris Paul to and go— James Harden's <laughs> always been the most important player on his team, except for in Philly. Now I think he's third. think important. Chris
1: Paul makes the semifinals, and, and he makes the NBA
4: finals, and Harden doesn't. He made one so. finals, but yeah, yeah. I, I guess your point. He's very much an underperformer in the playoffs, James Harden. Now you bring up an interesting point.
0: What's the line—to equate with the line— for Boston, at what pretty much even money to win the East? Yeah, and then you and again this is uh, oh, it's live odds. So yeah, sixers four to
4: one right now to win the East.
0: All right, so they're saying eighty uh, percent. If it was a hundred percent, if these two, one of them won it, it'd be eighty percent of the time Boston, twenty percent of the time Philly. Four X. <sighs> that... And and Boston is not even through to the
1: next round yet.
0: That's a good point. And
1: what if is... they do get there, other than playing each other, the home field for Boston, their paths are identical. Into the finals, they the same yeah. number of home games against
0: the same opponent. Two and three, yeah. Okay. Um, so the question is, what, what if you typically have like a four to one situation like that with the team having home court? What's the what's the game one odds? I guess that's interesting. Let's assume that it's my. So let's think about this. If it's, I think they'd be minus two fifty on the series, something around there. And they're not going to be minus two fifty. So you're saying minus 250 because that rest of that 400 would have to come because. Carry over to the next round of the playoffs because, because that team is perceived de- to be better. Well, the theory is Boston's going to have better odds against whoever they play, yes. whoever is, plays in the championship round of the East. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. So in a weird way, that's why McKenzie looking at Phoenix and thinking, oh, they're double here. Is it over Denver? Doesn't does The 180 is still extra good value. But you're saying you only think like 250? I think they, they're going to be 250 at minimum. I think, uh, let's just say, I don't know about a minimum, but I'd be shocked if it was like below 240. I think it's going to be
1: right around minus two forty. I think that's what it will be.
0: All right, so two forty typically. What I said we...
1: two to one before, actually. Okay, so maybe I'm. You know what? I'm, I think it'll be less than minus two forty.
0: Mm. But let's assume two forty for a second. What, what do we think the the game one line? What's the peg line in game one?
4: That would imply it's like six and a half. Oh, lower, lower.
0: Well, so put six and a half in the binomial machine, and let's see what it comes up to. I, t- I Will think we make the other guys a one and a half, then two, two. Make- well, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer of a six to six and a half point swing based upon it for home. Like for Denver, I gave it six and a half because they have such a good home court. Yeah, but I think a six point swing is fine. So call a pick. Yeah, that I think that here's the thing Boston has had great results against Philly and Embiid. I tell
1: you it, what, though, but if you're a six and a half point favorite and you're a pick, you're going to be a monster favorite. Like you're going to be like well, a gonna, minus 330.
0: Well, we're going to see here.
4: Seventy two percent chance to win the series for the team that's favored by uh six and a half. Okay, so the money line on that? Um seventy two percent.
0: So that's so minus So three hundred and seventy five, right?
1: Yeah, so it's not it's like minus two seventy.
0: Okay. So what we're saying is if you go down a half a point each way, like so if you make it minus one Philly and, and, and five and a half, maybe. I think you're probably going to have. Then we're going to be
1: like minus 230. Yeah.
0: Which, by the way, Cleveland's five and a half against the Knicks, and somehow, uh, they Memphis were minus is 215. Like, yeah, Cleveland me- was minus 215 pre-flop. Yeah, but I'm saying there's been a lot of games since. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Mackenzie, not your best performance, but you know something? It was fine. So if you think about it, if your lesser performances are fine, you've done something, <laughs> right? Or, or, you know what we could do? We could act like it, it was the best. No, we don't want to you do You want that. to? Let's do it. Ready? No, Mackenzie doesn't want that either. Ready? On three, we're going to act I like just want a drink. Three, <laughs> two, one. Oh, my God. What ins... Thank you, buddy. Thank you. I, yes. Yes. Truly, your intellect is astounding. <laughs> yes. free rib, free rib. <laughs> what
1: right. movie is that line from?
0: I don't know. Princess Bride when he's talking. Oh, you love that Princess Bride.
1: Inconceivable!
0: (laughs) Do you ever drink poison to try to... All right, we got six... Now, listen. AJ, I want you to... um, Set the timer. Set the timer. Set the timer. Got it. All right, hockey. Now, here's what we want to do. We want... It seems like playoff hockey's growing. People love it. I hate it. But you know something? It's not all about me. It's about the audience. We got a hockey expert... How's your playoffs been going on your picks?
2: No, not like- great. All right. Playoffs have been very upside down from regular season production.
0: How so? I mean, like, give me
2: examples. Numbers that, you know, I've used in the regular season to have great success in the regular season have not come through in the playoffs. And I just think it's because the playoffs are a completely different game where these teams are that might not be considered even. Are actually playing even, and these games are coin flips.
0: So uh, the theory is the one versus eight in the NBA is like, you know, once a decade that happens. And in hockey, it happens all the time. And
2: in this year in particular, I'll give you an example. Last year, over the course of the entire playoffs, favorites dominated 58 and 31, and home teams dominated 54 and 35. This year, so far, in the first round of the playoffs, underdogs and favorites. Dead even. 17 and 17. Hmm. And the road teams. So we're saying just wins and losses. Wins and losses. And the road teams this year in the first round, 21 and 14. So last year, home home teams dominated, 54 and 35, but the road teams are off to the better start now.
0: Now, do you expect this to continue? Is this historically, like you were talking about last year, Mm -hmm. historically? Historically,
2: it's favorites and home teams. So I think it will regress back to the mean. But what we're seeing here is that obviously home ice hasn't mattered in the first round. And these teams are closer than we think.
0: Okay. All right. So Boston, they broke the—so they were effectively like Golden State.
2: Yeah most wins most points record yeah. ever mhm forget no mm-hmm. yeah
0: okay and what kind of favorite were they coming into the playoffs
2: uh they were an overwhelming favorite right now they're overwhelming de- yeah like right now they're plus 220 and the second favorite is plus 500 but before the playoffs started it was a little higher a little a little more separation plus 600 to something like that
0: so what's been the biggest surprise series wise in the first round
2: Uh, biggest surprise series, probably Seattle and Colorado.
0: Seattle has a hockey team?
2: Yes. The Kraken. The Kraken.
0: When did this happen? Two years ago. (laughs) Never even heard of that.
2: Right now, the Kraken and Avalanche are even at two games apiece, and that's surprising because Colorado's a defending Stanley Cup champion, and they entered the postseason as the favorite to come out of the Western Conference.
0: So did I see that right? The East is pretty much Boston, and then the West is like three Because the Golden Knights got the number one seed, right? But it's like supposed to be they're all right there in a everyone's
2: jumbled together. And I I do think that the Eastern Conference does, you know, can be had by somebody other than Boston. But as far as the Western Conference, it's really they're all in the mix. Time, AJ? Uh we are
3: currently at three and a half.
2: All right, so we gotta hurry up here. All right, so three and and a half
3: remaining. You've got a model.
2: Yes. I've got a model of the past Stanley Cup champions over the last decade or so, and I've compiled this over some various sources. Stanley Cup champions need to have a top 10 goalie, save percentage-wise. That makes sense, right? You need a goalie in the playoffs. You also need a top 10 scorer, a guy that's going to get you you the goal that you can lean on. You also have to have a good penalty kill. Top 10 in the league in penalty kill percentage. All right,
0: so we got three conditions so far. Yes,
2: and the fourth one, and this is interesting, shot attempts percentage. There's a stat called Corsi, which accounts for your shot attempts. Basically, it measures the offensive possession that you have over the course of a game. There's multiple ways to measure that. You can do it just in general. How many shots do you take? How much possession do you have? Or... Possession in time? Possession, yes, but based on the shot attempts per game in the mm. offensive zone. Mm. Or, like, a team like Boston doesn't rank high in that category. Mm. But there's a stat for score-adjusted shot attempts percentage. Because Boston's winning all these games. They're protecting so, 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 the lead. So they don't a, need to shoot as it's much. It's kind of a pace. Exactly. Okay. So if you do score-adjusted, then Boston becomes a top-10 team in that category. So okay. that's what I like to go so off. So
0: you have four conditions. Yes.
2: Is that it? That's it, right.
0: How many teams meet these conditions? Three. Okay. Now give us the teams and Mm -hmm. the odds.
2: Boston. All right. That makes sense. (laughs) Makes sense. They're the favorite at plus 220. The other one is, I'll give you a caveat, because the Devils made a goaltender switch in the postseason here, Mm -hmm. and the goaltender that they went to, Akira Schmid, only played 18 games in the regular season, Mm -hmm. but his numbers would put him... In the top ten save percentage, if you extrapolate it out for a but, full but, season, but
0: the core start, the original starter doesn't. Correct. Okay. So, but
2: the goalie that they're so going low to now.
0: Volume. Okay. Listen, they lost the Is first young. Is this a young
2: goalie? Yes, away? twenty-two years old. They Ooh. went to They they lost the first two games to the Rangers. They made the goaltender switch. They've won the next two games. Then I think it meets the condition. So that meets the so the Devils are in there. Right. The other team. And this is going to be— And what's the devil's odds right now? devil's are plus
0: 1,600. Whoa, fast.
2: The only reason is because they're playing the Rangers. Rangers also are plus 1,400. These two teams honestly flip a coin to see who's going to win the series. I can't tell you right now. All right. But there is one team that I do like, and right now they're at plus 1,300 to win the Stanley Cup. So this is the third and final team. Third and final team that meets this criteria. And it's a team that I don't think anyone's really talking about to win the Stanley Cup. And that's the Dallas Stars. Ooh. The Dallas Stars. Everyone's talking about the Oilers. Everyone's talking about the Avalanche or the Vegas Golden Knights. But the Dallas Stars. What seed number are they? Dallas was uh, the second seed in their Central in the four five Division. Five matchup. Yeah,
1: they're in a four-five. Thank you.
2: Yeah, they're going to play the winner of the Kraken and the Avalanche in the next mm-hmm. round, which is right now even. Dallas has a top ten penalty kill. They meet all the criteria. Mm-hmm. They have a, a top scorer in Jason Robertson. That if you're not a hockey fan, you don't know who he is. They're, so, so here's
0: the question: Why are their odds not good? What, what,
2: what's the, what's to, because they're not Colorado. They're not Edmonton. Edmonton their, has the MVP. They're not in Connor McDavid. They're not sexy. What's their
1: series right now? What's they're think, up three to two. I, they're up three to two. Mm-hmm. So they have a 75 percent
2: chance to advance, basically yeah.
1: something like that. And, right.
2: and, and this is a team that was in. The Stanley Cup final. The timer's up. That's it. Oh. oh. In 2020. We'll, we'll, we'll give them an lost. extra 40 seconds. They were oh in Lord. the Stanley Cup final in 2020 and this. lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have pedigree. They have prior cup champions on their roster. So name the three. The Bruins, the Devils, and the Dallas Stars. Oh, yeah. Now, there's who's the team that's the biggest favorite that doesn't meet the criteria? It would be the Edmonton Oilers, who are the third favorite right now to win the Stanley Cup at plus 650. And I guess you could say Toronto as well, plus they're right there. Toronto and Edmonton so are two favorites. So can you bet no
0: at Circa on these, Fez? No. No, you can't
2: bet no. What What's interesting about Edmonton is they're kind of borderline. So they have, like, the 12th okay, ranked penalty
0: up. kill. Time's up. Their time's goaltender's
2: up. Fourteenth in the league, so, so they're not you line.
0: can't bet against this. For, for,
1: for, uh, I the lions aren't up right now. I can't. I'm not. 100% no, I'm not going to sure bet against that. it.
0: I'm just. You're just saying in general. You probably don't. I, I, you don't I don't. I don't see it. Just say you can't. You can't. Yeah, he's a real scumbag. I just wanted to play that. I didn't really care if you could bet it or not. Could be. Could be. <laughs> I like. I. <laughs> Couple times, <laughs> I like I like your your model. We did this for baseball, and it yes, was really we did. Successful. And
2: and in like July or something, I picked the Philadelphia Phillies, and they went to the World Series.
0: Okay, AJ, you did some work last year. This is our final topic. Fez, you got a best bet? Uh I Cleveland against you, minus five five and a half do, NBA. Do, I mean. These people, these listeners have seen me win, like, for a decade. You really think, they like, the best bet's going against RJ. Do you know how many people are saying, what the F? Hold on. I'll get you one. Give so, me so, a, a minute. So AJ, AJ did some work last year on what it takes to win. And this has been a trope that's gone around, and it's a powerful one. How good do you have to have your best player be to win the NBA title? And... How about I'll read the list after you kind of tell the broad story quickly.
3: Yeah, you basically have to have an MVP caliber player, a first team all-NBA caliber player uh, to win an NBA title. And this goes back to 1980. So it goes back a long way. Every team but one has had a top seven to eight player in the world. And most
0: of them better than that. So let's listen to this list. We're going to start with last year and go in reverse order. Steph Giannis, LeBron. NAD that year, that was Lakers. Kawhi, Durant, Steph, LeBron, Steph, Duncan, LeBron, LeBron. Dirk, who won the MVP the next year. Kobe, Kobe, Garnett. I could debate Garnett, to be candid. But that was an example of three Boston guys that were really good. Okay? Then you continue. Duncan, Shaq, Duncan. Now, the exception clearly... Detroit in 2004.
3: Yeah, a team that had you know five really quality players, played really well together. None of them were superstar caliber guys.
0: Duncan, Shaq and Kobe together. Shaq, Shaq, Duncan, Jordan, 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 Hakeem, Hakeem, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Isaiah, Isaiah, Magic, Magic, Bird, Magic, Bird. Dr. J with Malone, but Dr. J. Kareem, Bird, Kareem with Magic. Ooh, there's not many debates. I mean, we're talking top three in in a vast or a big majority of those years. I mean, really, if you really want to debate... Like Isaiah, you can kind of debate I mean, uh, Isaiah. Top three, but I'm saying top three. He's certainly top five or six at that point. Yeah,
3: Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, who wasn't on first team All NBA because Jordan and Magic existed, he was right there on, on knocking on the door.
0: Yeah, but but so not a top three because if you if there's anyone you could say, but so and so was there, that means well, they're not the best, right? But but what's interesting is your criteria is being met almost every year, maybe only one not. But the criteria saying a top three player in the NBA, like even higher, is met like seventy percent of these years. Yeah. So the question is, in today's game, who meets his criteria? Steph, um, Jason Tatum. That to Maybe. me, to me, Tatum is a question mark. I think he's right on the border. Giannis, Giannis or- for sure, Embiid for sure, Jokic, Jokic for sure, LeBron. No, God. No. And Luca who's not around. Well, I don't even think Luca, but okay. I mean, I'm down on Luca myself, but okay. I don't yeah, I don't think
3: Luca has proven I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean most people most people think Luca's a top five NBA player.
0: Yeah, most people most people look at sports like a rotisserie league again and and I just he doesn't seem like a winning player to me. He seems like he he antagonizes everyone. Everyone's mad at everyone. It doesn't
3: make everyone better. You're right. Because I use use first-team All-NBA for most of this. I looked up the projected first-team All-NBA since it's not out yet. And they did like a a poll of all these voters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, Curry, and Shea Gildas-Alexander.
0: Hold on a second. So so, uh, Embiid's not on the list? Embiid is projected as second team. But he's going to win the MVP.
1: Yeah. But the problem is that Jokic guy is pretty good, too. Well,
3: I don't know. It's confusing. But there were four persons of color on first-team All-NBA, so it wasn't going to be racist for them to put him. I don't know, maybe. I, <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, what I know is, in theory, sports, you know, the, the thing that's agitating to me is the fact that the, these great athletes, and they are great athletes, and, and 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 some of them are some great people. I mean, you think about it. NBA's had some, you know, if it's Magic, if it's Bird, if it's MJ, um, you know, you, you go Duncan. You go down. The, I mean, Kobe's a guy that, in hindsight, he gets a lot of love, but there was a lot of ambivalence about him, obviously. But then you look, whatever you think of LeBron, it's a he's a responsible guy. Good to his family. To me, those guys becoming millionaires and potentially a billionaire with LeBron, that's a wonderful thing. But and, – and, and let's be candid. It's, it's an opportunity that – I mean, the question is what – let's think how I want to say this. I think it, when there's an underprivileged area or, or, or group, typically athletics is a way out. You know, like boxing, one of the things they talk about is with Hispanics now, for example, in, you know, Central or I guess Latin America, they, if the, I mean, if you look at um, Pacquiao, right, it, that was what the Philippines, Philippines yep. is his choices. If he wasn't a champion was not particularly appealing. Right. You would think, but now he's got, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and he's it's a he, senator. He's a senator. And it's like sports can offer you that opportunity. I mean, the Italians, look at all the fighters, Rocky Marciano, that were Italians at the time when the Italians were immigrants. And to me, that's a wonderful thing. And it seems like we don't get a chance to celebrate it as much as it's always, could there be something else, another benefit? And man, I've been saying it for years. It feels like the players, it's hard to say the players are getting a bum deal at this point. I think Joe Lewis and where you could say bum deal it feels now that it's a pretty good deal, so I'll just say it like that. All right. And that it brings up another point: if you're from, where's Jokic from? Like Serbia. Serbia. Yeah. How good it? What's it like over there? Not, not great. I wonder what the standard of living is in Serbia versus, let's say, downtown Detroit. I think it's close to Ukraine. Well, I hear there's bombs going off over there. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is it just – because here's the question. People that talk about right – like people who's – the poor people helping them and all that. Is it just Americans? Now, personally, I think America should be our first consideration, no doubt in my opinion. But I don't think anyone would say – you know, it's always the interesting debate. Would you rather have one American die or 10 people in Afghanistan? Right And if you say america we'd rather not have the one American die, well, how about one to a hundred or one to a thousand at a certain point you're going you'd rather one American die than all of Africa die mm-hmm. right so where's that line eighty eight I, yeah. I don't think humans are supposed to think i mean that's why presidents age like they do yeah. it's, like, it's hard It's hard to make those decisions but but I also think economically those decisions are the case, meaning that when we are talking about opening up the borders it's like yeah we can say mexicans coming up it's a good opportunity for them but then it's like well what about refugees from another place and then are we willing to have our standard of living go down if we were we'd be the first country in the history of the world to choose that Mm -hmm. and you know i i just think it's all very confusing but i do think or not confusing as much maybe confusing but complex but i do think that I don't know Jokic's family history. I'm guessing he didn't have a, wasn't uh, raised rich. So it seems like he's a great story too. You know, I don't know. Has
3: anyone got anything to say? It says here the uh, the average uh, household income in Russia. It's Russia or in Serbia? Sorry, uh, is seventy one thousand RSD a month, which adds up to about. Uh, 650 U.S. dollars a month. Hmm. So, Fez, that nickel that you don't even want to care to bat <laughs> yeah, is what they make in a month. Significant.
0: So, I, I think that the NBA's done good for Jokic. Uh, yeah, I'd say
3: he's And doing good okay. for Embiid, I think. I think so. That'd be the way to leave the show, I think, huh? Yeah. I think the NBA's done good for pretty much everybody who gets a check from the NBA. I
2: think the NBA's also done good for the people that write the checks, Oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah,
3: but, but see,
0: now that's an interesting question, which we won't debate today, but I'll pose it for another debate. It seems to me that what we've shown from high school football and college football is that it's the organization of the league that is more of a differentiator than the elite play. Because let's be honest, XFL is better quality play than I'm assuming most of—I mean, that's an interesting question. Who wins in a game between, let's say, Wisconsin and the XFL team?
1: I think the XFL team would easily handle Wisconsin. Easily. Uh,
0: Okay. So now, but how much is the XFL making versus how much is Mm -hmm. college football? Because the organization of the league—so, yeah, the players are the best players in the world. But in my opinion, if you took every player that is playing the NBA now and said, no one's playing—you guys are all retired— it would slow the league down for a couple years, but in a couple, think of the Olympics. We're engaged with the Olympics within a couple sure. days. We'd be right engaged. And now, if those other players started another league, now that gets complicated. But in general, the be, how much does the best dart player in the world, the best, the little brawn of darts, mm-hmm. he gets what. A thousand bucks a year if he's not hustling I, or I no idea right I, I i you nailed it it's, it's got to be endorsements yeah.
1: you the know, best the chess way-
0: player in the the best chess player makes good money the fifth best chess player really
1: doesn't and the 20th best is like working a second job
0: yeah. so it's like wouldn't it, the 20th best the 20th best nba player makes what the twentieth best chess player makes what? And now the question is which one is a more virtuous endeavor? I don't know, but it's certainly hard to say the NBA or basketball is more virtuous, mm-hmm. but it's just about can now who creates that fandom though? It's the players and the league. So I think I think the league gets a fair share. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think the owners don't shouldn't get anything. It's all the players. But I when you see the way like the USFL, the way these leagues get organized, the ones that aren't good, it's not good. All right. Walking a tightrope because of AJ. He's always bringing up tightrope <laughs> topics. Fez, take us home. First, I got a good best bet. Oh, best bet time. I'll be quick. XFL, we, we mentioned it. Seattle
1: Dragons. I've been telling AJ all year long that Seattle is right there with DC, the best team in the XFL. But hold on.
0: You made a bet for DC to win the title, right? No,
1: Houston. I, I, I so. bet Houston to win the title. They're in the, they're in the playoffs. They're laying six and a half. And you they don't bet. seem
0: too happy about it.
1: Uh, it's a good bet. What's the current odds? Uh, Houston would be like I don't have them in front of me it's like plus they'd be like plus have they gotten worse or better since we've they got gotten a little bit worse Ooh. but their path is good okay. they're six and a half point favorite in the playoffs alright All right? Seattle's my play though they're plus three at DC defenders these are the two best teams in the XFL to summarize Seattle's actually the better team statistically but DC went 9 and 1 and Seattle only went 7 and 3 in the They had a bunch of they lost like 3
0: games the first 3
1: of the year the right The first exactly the first 2 games of the year DC Seattle won the stats but this Dominic Denucci Ben Denucci Turned the ball over like four times and cost them both games. Since then. They lost two. They, they started 0-2. And since then, they're 7-1. They're every bit as good as D.C. There's two equal teams. Home field's worth nothing in the XFL. I'll give D.C. They, a one and so a that is? Seattle, plus three or more. Shop around. Should be able to get three and a half, but grade me at 3. All right? Most of the line places do have three. There are some 3 and a halves.
0: Okay. And if you listen, I mentioned this once a couple weeks ago, the GM... Uh, there's a GM type podcast on The Athletic, and it's a guy named Randy Mueller, and he used to be the GM for the Seattle Seahawks and a, a couple other teams. He worked with Nick Saban at Miami, but he's on that pod. He's the GM of the Seattle team. That's why you know so much about Seattle. Bit, okay, That's I'm impressed. A, it's a good pod. All right, take us home, baby. Hey, hey, be careful out there.